everyone and welcome to Comics from the Mollyverse episode 214. I am Peter and joining me, well actually not joining me, Matt's, of all the weeks, of all the weeks, he's not missed an episode in probably close to a year or something like that, I feel like it's been a while since he's been gone, and he picks this week, the week of the, the crisis as it were, uh, to, to be missing, so Matt's wife surprised them yesterday or the day before with uh, a surprise day trip for the day so he claims it, it is worth noting that that the hockey is on today no he's also missing the hockey i saw him tweeting earlier know, he's, he's actually know. on the road to some unknown location yes it's a surprise he doesn't know where he's going um, I, I i asked him last night hey do you, do you need me to give you the hockey updates and he's like i think i'm gonna get cell service where i'm going so i should be okay I suspect the wife's just taking him out to a ditch somewhere and this is the end. <laughs> we might never see Matt again. This, this is the end. Uh, so, <laughs> we have our own layoffs this week, just uh, not by choice. Uh, so, yes, we are DC Comics Podcast. That's also Connor, who's here, whose voice you're hearing. Yes. I've actually bothered yeah. introducing you. Uh, talking about why Matt's not here was just far more inter- interesting and entertaining. Uh, so, coming up on this week's show, obviously the books we're going to be talking about, I'll just get those out of the way first. We've got Dark Knight's Death Metal Issue 3 coming up, we've got Superman 24, Wonder Woman 760, The Flash 759, Hawkman 26, Batman The Outsiders number 15 are the books we're going to talk about. Uh, one of the most awkward things about Matt not being here is that four of those books uh, Matt reads with one of us, but not both of us, meaning that there's going to be several books this week there. It's either just me or just Connor. In fact, three of them are just me, and then one is just Connor. Yeah, so, and all of those usually would have at least a two-person conversation. Yes, so bit of an awkward week for the books. Luckily, the books feel like a, an afterthought this week because we have so much news. We have November solicits, of course, which is always a big deal every month. And then we have the big news that happened this week with the mass layoffs, uh, the, the bloodbath at DC, although indeed Warner Bros. as well as a whole. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that, uh, some stuff. In fact, what, something I've not even set up but i should get up actually to talk about before we finish the new section is the schedule for fandom which did actually come out in the last couple of days uh yes so although should... correct me if i'm wrong but there was no dedicated comic stuff on that schedule and uh, no so there was actually a jim lee like art villains pa- you know jim lee draws villains panel or something like that so that was the one that was the most comic book out of the whole right there'll bunch. be stuff in there i'm sure yeah well there was one they were teasing i saw on twitter yesterday it was like hey there's going to be a newsworthy panel at two o'clock Pacific at Fandom, and it's like a, it's not got a name yet. It's just a surprise DC panel, uh, so that could be comics. It could be a movie. It could be TV. It, I, I would suspect, with the way they're hyping it, it's not comics. Very possibly, but you uh, never know, I suppose. So yes, we'll get into everything. Uh, biggest news week, at least since Dadio. Uh, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> say like you know, um, when this news broke the other day and we'll get into it properly in a minute but uh it was i think monday it broke um so nearly a week ago now and i went oh man that that week where didio left now and that news that that seems like small fry comparison and the larger implications probably in terms of talking about is that they're probably closer than i would maybe have thought In, in terms of discussion sure i just mean in terms of the the actual impact on the business going forward in the long term. There's a lot to unpack here, and I'm, I was kind of dreading talking about this a little bit this week, because the internet kind of thrives on negativity and fear-mongering, and I, I, like, for certain topics, I'm quite happy to be negative on. Oh, I, I know. 
I do it often. But there was just this, this, this instant fear-mongering where the second all this broke, there was immediately wild speculation about the future of comic books, the future of DC comic books. There was misinformation being thrown around. There was information that was just being made up that was then being spread. And if, if, if I have one goal through talking about this on this show that I want to achieve by the end of this conversation, regardless of whatever Connor's going to say, <laughs> is is to basically calm everyone down a little bit and just sort of, look, we're not at DEFCON 5 yet, okay? <laughs> or 1, what was that? What's what, the one? I think 1's the bad one. Is 1 high? Is 1, okay. We're not at DEFCON 1 yet, right? We're at, we're at like DEFCON 3. We're not we're not quite up at DEFCON 1. Yeah, so. three, three solid. Uh, I know that we're doing a bit of damage control after all these, you know, wild speculation. We're going around a... They had uh, Jim Lee do an, uh, you know, an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, I think it was, that gave us a lot of actual yeah, clarity that had some really useful information in it that I'm sure we'll refer to. Yeah, I've got a lot of tabs open. It was hard to get one good source of all the, the various things that, that came out of that. Yeah, news. That, that was a good one, though, that Hollywood Reporter interview, because it was directly from Jim Lee, and yeah. it was without all the, well, maybe this or maybe that. So... First things first, what actually happened? So on Monday, they announced that... And this is not DC Comics. I'll get to DC Comics specifically in a second. But AT&T obviously bought Warner Brothers or merged with Warner Brothers, whatever the, the, the correct ter- term is. Uh, I think they bought them because yeah. they kept their name. But they, that happened a while ago now, right? And it's the sort of thing where it's like, okay, what's going to happen because of this? But it wasn't obviously just DC Comics. It was like Warner Brothers Studios. It was everything. It was the whole yeah. enchilada. And... Yeah, we're waiting for kind of the, the effects of this. It's like, okay, is there going to be a lot of corporate suits coming in and doing this or that? And this is kind of really what's ultimately been building to for a while. Probably got accelerated a little bit by what's going on this year, I would suspect. Almost but certainly. What happened is that they are reorganizing and restructuring every single facet of Warner Brothers. Uh, that is the HBO, it's DC Comics, it's everything from top to bottom. I'm, I'm sure even Boomerang uh, took some hits this week. I'm, I'm not sure specifically, but I'm sure they did. Uh, you know, HBO, for example, lost 150 employees this week. So I think this larger context is very important here because none of what we were about to talk about is specifically targeting DC Comics. It's like DC Comics is caught up in a wave that has a large, there's a larger agenda for the whole thing. Yeah, I think there are elements specific to DC that we'll get into a little bit later in the story that I I mean, that I want to bring up at least that are Mm -hmm. uh, they're exacerbated and brought on because of the wider restructuring, but they are specific to DC, some of these elements. Yeah, it's about DC, but I I don't, I, I generally don't think anything that happened this week was about specifically targeting DC Comics. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is because so many people talking about this online are talking about Warner Bros. trying to kill off the comic book industry, or they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that. If you look across the board at what they've done at every single level for every single company they own or every subdivision they have or whatever you want to call it, is that essentially what they're doing is they're trying to cut down a number of employees and specifically kind of upper-level employees now, obviously, DC's a little bit unique in that the editor-in-chief, Bob Harass, was one of the people who were let go. And then, to be honest, out of all the names, that's the one that most of us went, you know what, that's not so bad. <laughs> you, could, you could probably you go. You could do with that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at a lot of the other companies, one thing, one thing that I saw pointed out was that a lot of the people who were being kicked out from all these other places, it was a lot of vice presidents. It was a lot of, like, 
not the bosses, but the people under the bosses who they're deeming just kind of redundant uh, to yeah, the, the operation. It, um... I think, uh, just to bring this into DC specifically, and I, I don't know if this exact number translates across the board, but I believe it's around 20% of DC's staff, like editorial staff, mm. will let go. However, it is very strongly weighted towards the top end where they're paid a higher wage, so the overheads are pretty significant in comparison. And I think that's what it's about. It's about getting those overheads down. Yeah, this is a financial measure. This is not a creative measure. Now, obviously, there'll be creative fallout to this in time because you've got new people in charge. Ultimately, eventually, it's going to lead to other creative decisions and so on and so on. yeah. But I do not believe for a second that this decision, not at any level, was them looking at DC and going, no, we don't like the direction of the stories. We're going to change everything. I don't think for a second that was anything that happened here. Uh, yeah, I think it's oh they're losing his money, so we want to fire some people, and obviously there's some knock-on effects to that, but it's uh it's very different. yeah. Just to to show you how wild the speculation was, and this is one example I want to bring up because it was in the uh the interview with Jim Lee. He, mm-hmm. So the interviewer said, yeah, one rumor they heard this week is that DC is only going to sell trades and you know original original graphic novels mm-hmm. and make a deal with Marvel for them to publish any <laughs> single issues. <laughs> yes, yes. That there was his reaction too. The, the article literally just says, as his answer, laughs. I, there I is ha- nothing further from the truth than that. I, I, I don't even know how you would connect those dots. I, Why would we ever do that? I'd heard the first part about only selling trades and giving up in the singles market, which there's multiple reasons to think that's laughable. I had not heard the wild part about Marvel being the ones to publish the single issue DC comic. So much bullshit this week. You know, there's a lot of speculation this week about the price of comics in the future and changing. And... You know, there was wild speculation, like on the day all this news broke, of oh, we may be eight dollar comics by the end of the <laughs> by the end of the and, year. And who knows? That may still be the direction that I, they take. Well, this is what I said when all this sort of started. We were talking about it internally. My basic thing was, okay, if they try and give us the same comics they give us now for seven or eight dollars an issue, yeah, I'm going to have a problem with that. But if they alter the content to fit whatever the new price is, so let's say it's more like. Oh, everything's more of a prestige format. Everything's like sixty pages, and it's treated like a you know everything's black label essentially is what I'm saying. Then, then it's a little bit different. There should be less books, and we'll have less books overall to talk about. Obviously, if that was the format. Now we don't know if it's going that way. This is just an example I'm giving of yeah. like it'd be fine if the format you know goes with the price in some way. Um, it, it, it all all this this fear mongering, and you know it was the day I I, I dare say the the horrible name. But uh, not the website. I know you think I'm going with this. Uh, no, no. I, I did think that's what no, you were no, going to no, go no, with. No, no. I was like, we could use initials. Uh, there's a, a YouTuber by the name of Chris uh, oh. Rudolph. Yeah, um, that sounds familiar. Something like that. Uh, if that's not her exact name, I don't know. Uh, but uh, she has all. She's been kind of a proponent of like fear mongering, bullshit news, you know, controversy. She was all over Snyder cut stuff, whatever that. Um, I didn't even see the video, but I saw like a screen cap of the video where like they were talking about how the DC universe is dead. Um, and obviously we joke that it's dead a lot as well in, in terms of original content, which is actually, there was more of an official update on that this week, which we'll get uh, to. Again, from Jim Lee. Yeah. Uh, but it was basically how it was gone. And it was the very next day, uh, the announcement of what DC universe from Jim Lee is going to become happened. And likewise, oh, DC are going to stop single issues. The very next day, uh, the Secret History of the DC Universe, which we'll talk about later in Solicits, was confirmed to be coming finally. It's like, hey, they literally just announced a new single-issue comic book the next day. Now, so this is the thing. 
is that when the solicits came out, and we're going to talk about what, what actually is in the solicits later as we go through them, but there's, you know, there's a number of books that have been cancelled, like four or five books that got cancelled, uh, or ending, depending on your terminology. And immediately people were like, oh, this is already happening, they're already cancelling tons of books because of all the changes and yada yada yada. I am so glad that last month we had an entire conversation, because I can point back to it and say, no, we expected this. Because we did. We talked about yeah. this on several levels for the last couple we of did. months. Um, I will say, again, based on Jim Lee's comments, it's possible that some of these cancellations were down to this situation. Uh, because he talks about how, no, they are going to be publishing less. That bottom 20, 25% oh, yeah, no, of no, the no, line. No, but that's not because of this week, though. Just because they were already looking to cut cut the lower selling books which has happened sure. before we did this a year ago when they said they were going oh, yeah, to turn yeah. the line just because they were already planning to do that i do not think anything that happened in these solicits especially next month's solicits maybe but in these month's solicits not a single thing that's in them happened as a result of what happened on monday no i, I agree uh, overall um and i think it's important to note as well that uh you know the editors and you know everyone being let go it's it's like done through an official redundancy way so it's not like immediately gone they're all actually still there till November. Or at least um, getting paid till November. Yeah, but um, most of them, I think, are still kind of working. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, like especially the the hands-on editors. You know, like uh, Harass, I think, is a is a separate case because we actually have interim editor in chief. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about uh, that in a bit. But, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously part, it'll take a few months to see changes. We've been talking about. You know, what's going to happen to the comics, what's happening overall. Uh, it is worth mentioning, yes, it's very sad so many people lost their jobs. Across Warner Bros. as a whole, it was 800 people. DC, I don't know the exact number that accounted for it, but, you know, lots of people lost their jobs. That's the sad... It sucks, believe me, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you do know. It's the sad human part of this. But ultimately, we're here to talk about DC Comics, and we're kind of talking about it from the business perspective. Um, I think the reactions to this are like, you know... Red alert this, red alert that, you know, everyone, oh, we're all doomed. Do you know how many times in history of DC Comics that something similar to this has happened? Um, there was a story, I was, I only just skimmed the article, but there was a story from uh, Paul Levitz uh, back in the crash in, like, either the 80s or the 90s, where they almost cancelled Detective Comics because things were Oh, yeah, were this looking... is uh, their implosion. Uh, you know, it's yeah, officially they... called the, the DC implosion. Yeah, where yeah. They published, like, they, they ramped up production on so many things. Like, you know, they were throwing out so many comics. Mm. They got about three months into that before they went, we can't sustain this. And like 40% of their line got cut overnight. Yeah, that's like this kind of thing happens to companies constantly. And it obviously it's, I think the frustrating thing is that this happens to DC Comics, happens to a comic book company, and we're all nerds on the internet now. And all of a sudden, everyone on Twitter is an expert in, in business and all these things. And I'm not claiming to be an expert or to know even necessarily any better than anyone else. Just that I'm not jumping to conclusions and I'm trying to critically think about all the information that's been given to me. And more importantly, ruling out some of the bullshit that is just bullshit and is clearly bullshit and has been, you know, there was stuff up in a certain website, which shall remain nameless, uh, begins with bleeding, ends with a word meaning cold. And, they, you know, there was like a report from them, like the day of, and like the very same day on Twitter, like people who have contacts with DC. I think Ryan Higgins from uh, Comics Conspiracy was saying, no, I've actually spoke to people from DC and they're outright giving me the opposite statements as to what that article was saying. So we see this constantly. And I just, 
everything's not burning to the ground. Everyone can calm down a little bit. Yes, we're going to have a few less comic books. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Ultimately, it's maybe sad that some of the smaller sort of mid-level characters might not have long ongoings anymore. It is a shame because there's definitely characters that we all want to see. But ultimately, if it means a lot more 12-issue series where there's just not a 12-issue from start and that's what we have and that's what we're going to get, uh, I'd rather didn't lie about it and more than that when we get to one of the books that are ending in, in November. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's okay. Like, I mean, some of the most exciting books we have right now are these Tom King 12-issue books where it's like, hey, He's done a 12-issue run on X character, and it's exciting. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, I mean, I don't even need necessarily 12-issue books. Give me give me just oh, rotating yeah, yeah. six-issue minis of small characters, you know, constantly. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I, I do thoroughly believe, I do think there will be, maybe not as many that have, that have lost, but I do think there's going to be a slate of some books post-Death Metal, whatever they I may be. I think it's still very likely we will get at least a handful announced next week. Very probably. Um uh, yeah, maybe it won't be the 15 I was expecting. It'll be more like seven, <laughs> but... I, I'll be shocked if we come out of next week without at least three. Sure, yeah. Uh, especially if they're going to stagger them, so they may just give us the early ones, you know, the January-February yeah. ones as opposed to... Because there may be stuff still coming out in April that's, you know... Very possible, from. yeah. Uh, so everyone just take a breath. The, the, everything's not burning from within. And obviously this leads to the worries of, like, who's coming in to take over... Uh, the two interim co-editors-in-chief that they've appointed to, let me just get their names up here, uh, Marie Javins and Michelle Wells. Uh, so they are t- sort of co-editor-in-chief, uh, well, Jim Lee, because Jim Lee, like, what his role was, was going back and forth all week. Is, is he still publisher? Is he just uh, CEO now? W- what's going on? Uh, CCO. CCO, sorry. The weird thing about this is that Jim Lee started off being co-publisher and then got shoved with Johnsy's job of being the CEO, and then got shoved with being the full publisher to the point where he was doing three people's jobs <laughs> at once, which was never yeah. going to be sustainable, right? So, but he is still publisher. He is still publisher. Like, straight from his mouth. Yeah. But, and again, in that interview, they just point blank asked him, "Is your title still publisher?" And he said, "Yes." And it's worth mentioning. I, I'm not so much, I'm not as familiar with Michelle Wells, but Marie Javins, uh, she's been with DC Comics for decades like this is not someone who they just plucked out of some random you know well some you know some suit who's coming in to you know do things i I think a lot of people have this misconception because uh you know she she was previously the head of digital strategy uh and then wells was the one who was uh dealing with the young adult stuff right the imprints i think there's this this perception that because that's where they come from it means that they're going to turn the main line or the main the job they're taking into what their old job was when no they've got a new job <laughs> like I, I would say i mean the reason i would say they were hired is objectively the young adult stuff especially has been doing fantastic oh, right sure, over the yeah. last year or two and the digital stuff has had a great push obviously they've been increasing the market share um mm-hmm. and i think I think there's still going to be a heavy focus on those areas. Oh, so do uh, I. And, and maybe I, even I, more so now that they can kind of push that in the that, top position. Yeah, me saying this is not me saying that they're not going to have more young adult books. I mean, those those trades they're putting out, those straight-to-graphic novels, like, I, th- I think they've been doing well. And then... I believe they have, yeah. Digital's something, obviously, they want to keep growing. It's been kind of stagnant for a while. Um, yeah, um, I mean, Jim Lee mentioned again in his article, there will be more straight-to, you know, d- digital original content, and some of it might be bigger than what it has been. Uh, not all of it will get print adaptations. Which... He talked about how uh, Injustice was such a huge hit digitally and then sold well in print as well. 
uh, like digitally, the original Injustice was outselling Batman at the time, uh, which is crazy. Which also maybe leads to a shift in what we cover. Like, you know, typically we've kind of ignored these shorter digital chapters, but there's a good chance that if, you know, things are shifting more digital, then so will our coverage. Like, our coverage might become like, hey, some of these digital-only books are just as valid or, or more so even than some of the physical books. Um, and amusingly, you know, I read everything digitally anyway, so I mean, the actual reading experience for me is pretty similar. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting, um, obviously we had all those ones that were from the, originally from the Walmart Giants, that kind of mm -hmm. style of the DC uh, digital comics that we've had over the last few months, that felt very much like traditional comics, right? as opposed to the, the digital first format. Yeah, and, which I did prefer, uh, for the record, I like that. Right, and, and obviously that, that there's an obvious reason where that started with, well, they were Walmart things, so they were in print first and just, okay, now we're actually just doing them digital. But they did start then carrying on after the Walmart stuff and doing original comics, so to speak. And they kept the format. To digital, and they kept the format, yeah. yeah. They, they just, uh, more, mostly relatively standalone single issues uh, for the most part, uh, but ongoing, uh, you know, and not just, you know, half, half panel, half page panel layout. Whatever you, how you yeah. want to call it. Which, and I definitely prefer the more traditional comic format. So that's something that pleases me. They're, 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 they're toying with that. And it did come from something that was physical first, but then it didn't need to be anymore and they kept it anyway. So interesting to see how this develops over time. And it's one of these things where, yeah, okay, we have no way of knowing that in a year or two years' time, like maybe the corporate bigwigs will sort of step in and force a bunch of things on them and maybe it will affect things. But we're not going to see those effects for probably at least a few months, if I not think... more than that. The digital stuff we might see a little bit sooner because I think you know they've already got a head start. They've they've, they've uh, you know they have been starting in that the last few months. I think. Oh sure, I, I mean more about like the other stuff going away. Is you know? Oh sure, uh, yeah. 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 I, mean, but, I mean, I think things like you know we talk about smaller characters getting minis and stuff like that. Mm. Some of those might not get minis in print. Some of them might just be digital minis. Like um, I think Shazam's a great character example for this. Where okay, we well, he had a book by Johns and it didn't actually sell that well like you know it's ultimately just coming to an end um but they've already been doing a, a digital first and you know again uh, the mm -hmm. walmart style you know traditional comic format uh digital first um over the last couple of months uh, they had at least a couple of issues out on there and i can see okay we want to give shazam a miniseries maybe they do a digital first and if it sells well then bring it to print yeah uh, so it's definitely something that we'll have to look at is sort of maybe looking at more of these digital books uh, and a bit more attention it's, it's a little harder because they don't have solicits in the yeah, same way yeah they don't uh, it was sort of thing though when we just go to get books like during the week or, I mean I, I often buy them in issues and then don't read them till Saturday because I'm a weirdo but <laughs> but it's the sort of thing that while I'm there and on the that new this week DC page if there's a new digital book just to grab it as well because even uh, you know deceased uh, at World's End, I've fallen behind on, and I, I mean, it won't take that long to catch up because they're pretty quick reads. But uh, it's the sort of thing where it's just not in my my routine to to look at the digital books. They, they feel separate right. still. But over the next year or so, uh, I think is a reasonable time frame. It it might have to be. Uh, one thing we have to talk about as well is DC Universe. Now, I actually am surprised almost, not because this is not the right thing to do, and not because it's the, not the thing that we've been suggesting they do. Just how honest they were about it well it's just like we always said the right thing to do would be for dc universes to become a dedicated marvel unlimited competitor or not even competitor just the equivalent 
right? Yeah. It doesn't have to compete with it necessarily. Just this is the equivalent. I mean, by its nature, it's a competitor, but yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they really care about getting more subscribers. It's more just about we have that on offer too. It's not, you know. Yeah. This, this isn't like, uh, I don't know, like a video game console where you're trying, because most people only buy one, so you're trying to convince them to buy your one. Right. That's because it's such a, a high upfront cost. Whereas yeah. this, if they get you for six months and then, oh, you go to Marvel Unlimited for three months and then come back, great. Yeah. yeah they're still yeah. getting you, you know, nine months of the year. It's fine. It's totally fine. But they're officially, you know, generally officially said that all original you know tv content film content whatever is going to hbo max if you know whatever hasn't already moved already obviously doom patrol's already i mean it was still on dc universe but it, it you know it was already hbo max yeah. uh, at home so and the, the service will be comics focused it'll be a comic book service uh, yeah he, he actually said there'll be more on more news on this soon i'm assuming we'll get some sort of fandom. official announcement of fandom about Do you th- the future of it do you think they announced they're bumping it to six months delay instead of a year? That or they bring down the price. Yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. like the price isn't bad. I think it's nine dollars, eight dollars. God, I, I should know. I pay for it. I have no idea. Eight ninety nine sounds not maybe seven ninety nine. So it's one of the two. Yeah, it's around there. Um I think it's it's actually not a bad price for the amount even even for just the comics, the amount of content. I think it's a, a worthwhile value. But because they are taking stuff away with the content, the, the you know the, the the TV content and such, they have to do something to make the value seem like it's fair in comparison. Now, like I say, either lower the price because okay, you're losing content, or bring the comics sooner, or I mean, maybe even something as similar as okay, we're adding all the Vertigo comics because right now it's just mainline DC universe stuff. Mm. Uh, Vertigo I, I... things. I can see With that a ha- couple of exceptions aren't on there. I can see that happening over time, regardless of what else they do. You know, the idea that the library will just get bigger and they'll just include more of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it could either be lower the price, or it could be the window shorter, uh, or they could do the one-two punch of both. If they put it down... Because they say that if they weren't if they weren't changing anything else, you'd expect it maybe go down a couple of dollars. What if they put it down one dollar, but also bump the window to six months? That all of a sudden looks quite nice. It looks, It, it looks far more tempting than it did the day before. It does. So, uh, who knows what they'll, they'll do with uh, fandom. Again, we'll talk about fandom a bit more at the end of all this, but just kind of go through everything that came out of the, all this hubbub. Yeah, I think it's just... I only really brought it up because he mentioned there'll be news soon, and that's the logical place. Yeah. Uh, now, as I understand it, some people were freaking out because someone that was in line for a position was, like, from an esports thing. Uh d- is this like an actual creative role, though, or was this more of like a business side of things? Because I, I feel uh, like it, if it's a business side of thing, who cares where they came from? <laughs> like, you know? I'm not sure. Um, here we go. I've got Let's see if I can find something. Yeah, give us some uh, info on this, because I, I never quite got the gist of what this esports uh, complaint okay, was. Apparently, uh, again, I haven't seen this confirmed yet, so sure. great salt, but. Uh, reported that DC will hire a new business manager to run the publishing side of things. And it sounds they will be coming from the world of esports. Yeah, business manager. I don't care where they, where they came from. I, that's not that's not someone who's making choices about the, the stories. It, it shouldn't be, no. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think that matters. And, and apparently uh, a source told Variety on this, that even through this, um, Jim Lee will be overseeing the creative side of things like the creative growth so yeah I, i'm i'm not 
perturbed by that. Uh, so yeah. I'll just knock that one out quickly. Yeah, we'll worry about that if and when it happens, and if they do something wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I mean this is the thing. Like before, Dan Didio was you know co-publisher and, and whatever other roles he was named over the years. Like what notable things had he done before then? Notable. That's a fair question. And, oh, some people might say, well, exactly. That's why he was terrible for all that time. <laughs> like, I mean, fair point, I suppose, if that's how you feel about yeah, it. But... Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the being from the world of esports might be a good thing in the sense that esports objectively, you know, in the last five, ten years, has taken off, right? Mm-hmm. To the point where I can put on like a dedicated sports channel on, you know, uh, on the TV, usually at night when there's not other sports on. But I can watch like a FIFA tournament or you know League of Legends. I can watch that on actual mainstream sports channels. The idea of that a decade ago is laughable. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and just in terms of brand awareness and public perception of it, uh, don't get me wrong. It's still not. Oh, you know, it's not on the same level as quote unquote real sports. But it's a lot further than it was. You know, five ten years ago. If if whoever this is can do something that t- for that with comics I- I- i'm all for it yeah um so 20 to 25 percent of the line uh being which to be honest i think they've already hit even just with like last month and this month i mean this in terms of solicit it's not the actual books coming out they've, they're pretty much they're almost at that percentage <laughs> like 20%. it depends on if they were going 20 to 25 percent from after these decisions have already been made like you know let's assume these decisions in november solicits were already made and it's 20 to 25% from here now. That's a little more concerning. I mean, it's a little more, but I mean, percentages, this is a great thing. If it's after that, then the percentage is smaller. It is, yeah. <laughs> in terms of actual number of books. Uh, yeah. Because I, I suspect they were going to ha- actually cancel, what we've cancelled, and then I presume maybe another couple in you know, December's, I s- assume we'll be adding some books back in, but just not as many, and therefore the over, you know, the nets, you know, because there's so many of these one-shots coming out for, for Metal and even these Dark Multiverse things that we're getting more of in the slices. I think it's it's fair to say maybe these all these higher-priced one-shots are sort of a proof of concept. I guess. I mean, look, I guess some people are worried that, you know, 80% of the books that are coming out are going to be Bat-related, right? That That is a, a legitimate concern. Um, <laughs> it's, it's probably, out of all the concerns people had, the one most likely to be true yeah the, the most valid one yeah uh and so, i mean all, all i can really say is if you really care that way is buy all the books that aren't bat related and show like that's really all you can do is put your money where your mouth is because yeah. ultimately like if there's enough people who will just buy all the bat books and that keeps all the bat books you know valuable and worth doing for them they're going to keep doing it so i mean as much as you know uh, we read all these stuff we love so much other stuff than bat stuff yeah, if I'm it. the business person in charge of this and I'm seeing, well, hang on, Batman is selling like crazy and everything else is barely performing, I'm saying do more Bat stuff. For, for getting uh, your, your, all your one-shots tying into metal and whatnot that they're doing just now, uh, out of the main Bat books, we're only really doing Batman because we draw Batgirl. I mean, Bat, Bat, Batgirl's ending anyway, but uh, we're not doing Nightwing, we're not doing Catwoman, we're, you know, we're not doing Detective. We probably will one. try Catwoman, though, when the, the new team starts, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'd forgotten about it, to be honest. We've got <laughs> but, Ram V, who me might have been enjoying a lot on Justice League Dark, is taking over in uh, a month or two. Yeah. Uh, so, 
I, what I'm saying though is that I don't think we as a podcast can be blamed as part of the problem, I don't think, on this case. <laughs> I would actually like to think that is true. Uh, I, I think we uh, actually are a I mean, bit more diverse. On that, and there is already evidence of more bat books on the way. Like, <laughs> Yeah, one that was just casually name-dropped is that uh, John Ridley, who's doing the secret history of the DC Universe, or the other, sorry, the other history of the DC Universe, to get the title right, uh, is doing a Batman book, which is going to be uh, like fundamental in the line going forward, which is a very interesting statement two, to make. Two things about this. One, it's being released as a mini. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Lee mentioned that. Two, this is something that has been reworked because we kind of knew about this book a year ago. Yeah, this was uh, originally going to be the 5G thing, this right? Was go- yeah, this was originally, this was after Batman 100, uh, the 5G was going to be John Ridley taking over the book, and I think it was going to be Luke Fox uh, as Batman, and that was what was going to be the main Bat book. Which is, um, which is nice on its own in the sense that, like, oh, well, your story was still good, so you can still tell it in this other way. That's kind of nice. But I think what's interesting here is saying that it's going to be important for the entire line going forward does make you feel like, oh, it's still going to be important. Whatever it does to the characters, it's still going to be affect the other books and still going to have some sort of consequence. And- I don't know if this is bad or not, but I'm kind of more interested in it in this way as, okay, no, it's a separate mini. It'll have impact like minis have done in the past. Um, But also we can still have our ongoing bat book doing its own thing as well. Yeah. And there's a, I I think what's interesting as well is uh, speaking to these, you know, these minis and one shots doing very well is that Jim Lee did say in one of these interviews this week that the first issue of Batman three jokers, has, you know, as far as the orders have gone, has sold 300,000 copies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little dubious about this one. <laughs> well, we have, we have nothing to, you know, confirm what he's saying here because no one's releasing it's, numbers. It's kind of their own internal sales figures at yeah. this point. Um, uh, that's... They are doing a lot of uh, variant covers and gimmicks to drive up they sales, are. though, I guess. They so are. I, I guess stores are ordering to get that, the Let's variants. face it, it's, it's a Jeff Johns three-issue prestige Batman Joker book. It was always going to sell pretty yeah. damn well. Like, yeah. I, I, I buy it breaks 150 without much effort, so getting to 300,000 with all the variants, because they're doing a lot of good variants for it, so it doesn't really shock me that yeah, much. Yeah, I would have probably estimated around 170 to 190. Here's the thing. Even if he's padding these numbers a little bit, I totally believe it's over two hundred. I can believe it's over two hundred. Oh, no, I, I can. But like, like I said, one seventy to one ninety would have been my initial estimate, based off of how well new bat books sell, John's fabric, you know, the what it is in general. Yeah, there's a lot of things going uh, for it. One seventy to one ninety would have been my estimate. You tell me, oh, it's two ten. I go, yeah, sure. I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't doubt that. Three hundred. I'm going, hmm, okay, but that seems extreme. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that's that. That's that. But we mentioned DC Universe, uh, so that's good. We got that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> rest of the John Ridley series. I have all these separate tabs open. Just I'm just sort of closing them as I'm, I'm making sure we've talked about all these things. Well, Connor's internet went out there, so there might be a fairly abrupt cut to whatever I was saying before. <laughs> so, uh, but we're, 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 I'm sure it was nothing interesting. I'm, we're, we're ready to jump into the solicits now. I think, uh, and, and go through those, and you know, kind of. See, see what we could do here. Uh, I, if I felt that way, say is there was some joking actually. If DC Comics do stop publishing comic books, we kind of just all shrugged and went, "Well, I guess we'll just be a comic book podcast now." If that happens, rather than DC comic book podcast, uh, 
Luckily, though, I don't think we're in any danger of that, so... Uh, everyone, no, I don't either. Everyone calm down, it's fine. We're, we will persevere, and uh, before we know it, we'll have a 50-issue run on Kite Man, and we can all die happy. So, uh, solicitations for November. Obviously, we'll get to the cancellations as we go through these here as well, uh, and our thoughts on what those are specifically. Uh, so the first thing in the solicits for November is we've got the Other History of the DC Universe, Issue 1, which is the John Ridley book. Uh, art in this first issue is by Giuseppe Camincoli and Andrea Cucci. Uh, so this is a five-issue black label bi-monthly series. Uh, which I think we, should, we didn't mention a lot of the specific editors, but we did lose uh, Mark Doyle and Andy Corey, who are both black label editors yeah it uh, was weird to lose the kind of the heads of those it was weird to lose the two people in charge of black label but uh i don't really see black label going anywhere though because black label seems to be one of the more like successful elements of the line right now i had assumed so which is why those felt particularly strange but i mean obviously this was well underway already um we'll see how much black label we get in the future i guess yeah I, I suspect, because I know Lemire's got another Black Label book planned uh, that he was teasing recently. So, mm. uh, But yeah, so this is uh, five issues, uh, bi-monthly. Uh, we, 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 this was announced two years ago. This was announced in 2018. That's how long ago we've been we've been talking about this. We kind of forgotten about it and in fact, assumed it was gone. Yeah, I think the, the, uh, the general feeling was that it had been kind of unofficially cancelled a while ago. Which makes it very interesting to announce its existence the day after... Uh, all of that, like, you know, fear and, you know, oh, everything's ending. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I guess get get the victories where you can take them. But, yeah, yeah. So, so this is a, a series of uh, stories and perspectives of people in the DC universe, um, specifically people of colour. Uh, the first issue, I assume, is Black Lightning related, because he's the one on the cover. It is, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, but we have future stories on, on Katana and others. Uh, so Montoya's one. Montoya's one, yeah, there you go. Uh, so super interesting. Uh, looking forward to checking this out, especially since he's Ridley's going to go on to do some, uh, you know, the Batman book. So we'll see, you know, what he's like in a copy. Obviously, he he's written some movies and things like that. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave being one of the most notable ones. So we'll see yeah, how that is. I think a comic before. I'm sure. I'm sure he has. He probably, uh, yeah, maybe he has, but I'm unaware of it. Yeah, uh, the American Way. That's what it was. Also published by DC. Oh, and also uh, the Razor's Edge Warblade from DC. Uh, then next up, we have a one-shot uh, punchline special issue one, uh, clearly tying into Joker War, or maybe the fallout of Joker Spinning War. Spinning out of the pages of Joker War. Yeah. So uh, James Tynan the Fourth and Sam Johns uh, are writing with Mirka and Dolfo on the art. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm fine with this. I, I I saw some people being really kind of salty about this on Twitter because like, oh, all these books with these characters we love are being cancelled and Punchline's getting a one-shot. And I'm like, yeah, it's a one-shot tying into things. Like, we're always going to get these one-shots for various characters. I think I'm a little... Not not that I think this is because of the characters that we've lost. It's it's unrelated. Uh, I'm a little just unjazzed about this. You know, you know the the solicitor even says the first solo book starring the new blockbuster <laughs> character. And so I'm like, really? I okay, I'll give we, you. We've that. had punchline in like two issues, and she's she's fine, but I can already feel the fatigue just with the amount of stuff that's coming. 
I'll give you the the text there. You're feeling a little bit. Uh, let's just say. A little preemptive, uh, but I, yeah, you know, I do like this story. It's going to be involving Harper Row, though. And we're always we're always going to get these types of one shots, though, for characters. I don't think you know it doesn't operate under this assumption where we have to give Punchline a one shot. Therefore, we have to cancel Supergirl. So take away Supergirl so we can make one Punchline. It's, it doesn't really yeah. work like that. It, so it's not instead of uh, no. most of the time. And but this is just one where I'm like, I don't, I don't really know how much I want this either. Um, but not that. I'm not salty about it being instead of you know, Supergirl, for example. Yeah, and I do, I do think because she's connected to Joker, uh, I think there's a lot of that. Again, much like people complain there's too many bat books, I think Joker gets the same kind of heat. So I think because Punchline's related to Joker, there's an extra bit of heat that comes from that. Uh, yeah. Not that I'm saying I'm super excited for this. I think it'll be fine, I'm sure, uh, given the creators involved. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm not familiar with Sam Johns, but Tynan's no. obviously presumably plotting and Sam Johns in the script, I would assume. Uh, Maker and Dolfo, I, I really like her art. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Batman one hundred two and one hundred three, which With some nice artists. Yeah, Piggy Lane and Danny Mickey on both books. Uh, notably, not Gillen March, which is uh, the, the best thing. Uh, both covers featuring the Ghostmaker heavily. So, obviously, we're going to get a lot of Ghostmaker stuff post Joker War. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess so. I mean, he's to, you know, to try to do something different. Uh, I do appreciate the samurai-style uh, trousers he's got there, the sort of the, that baggy samurai stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's got the, the cloak. and I, I actually really like the design. I like him you know, being you know, all in white as opposed to the, the black. I think it, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Uh, then we have some of these one-shots, uh, which I think we mentioned last week. There were We mentioned these two, yeah. Uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Hush issue one, and Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Flashpoint issue one. So we won't uh, dwell on them. They're both coming out in November. Uh, we have Deceased Dead Planet issue five, uh, five of seven from the Tom Taylor book. So yeah, not much to say there. Uh, Death Metal issue five, of course, is coming out. Uh, notably, Nizurama scared the shit out of everyone this week for about five minutes on Twitter because they said this was the final issue. And we're like, wait a minute, it was maybe seven issues. Like, yeah, like, and then these solicits do confirm five of seven. Well, even even before that, like Nizurama took down their article and deleted their tweet and ah. reworded it. Uh, Good. So um, even before the solicits, we knew it was a mistake. It was just them making a boo boo. But uh, so you got that. You got a couple of other one shots to go along with this. You get Death Metal. Uh, the Multiverse Who Laughs issue one. I'll admit that title makes me wince a little bit. <laughs> it's a bit yeah, stupid. Yeah, but there's the the creative team on it is kind of not bad. Well, well, say, at least on the writers. Well, you say creative team. It's it's another one of these anthology still. Yeah. yeah. So we have a whole lot a lot of short stories coming in this seemingly. We got Amanda Connor, notably Patton Oswalt is uh in there. Uh, Jimmy Pagliotti, Scott Snyder, Brandon Thomas, James Taylor in the fourth, and Joshua Williamson, uh, with art by Chad Harden and others. I'm assuming a lot more others. <laughs> yeah, Chad Harden. I assume his story as well is with Connor and Pagliotti because he worked a lot with them mm. on their Harley Quinn run. Yeah, it's just funny they gave us like eight writers and then uh, this one one artist and more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going to be a lot more. And then we got Death Metal Infinite Hours Extreme, which has Lobo on the front cover. Uh, yeah, we oh, we should probably mention what th- these are in general. Like that last one, you know, just the the basic premise. Uh, it mentions that the the Batman who laughs with his new you know powers has created a collection of fifty two evil worlds, and this is just a look at some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super stoked by the the, the concept of it. Uh, 
some of these one shots are more exciting than others. I'm uh, less excited after the one we had last week too. I actually wasn't. I was actually kind of positive on that that one shot. To be honest, uh, I'm still. I, mean, I still. It was, it was fine. I just. I'm like. I don't need twelve of these. I still don't like the concept of this one, though. I I was surprisingly into that last one, though, including the the Riley Rosmo one, which is the most surprising part. Uh, and then this what this, this second one here, uh, Infinite Over Extreme. Uh, Frank Thierry, Becky Clunan, and others writing with the Eagle Shim and others on art. So, uh, this one sounds like it's less of an anthology, more of a just a, a longer story. Uh, so again, both six dollars, both forty-eight pages. I think uh, it's still an anthology. It's Lobo telling stories. Okay. Okay. Uh, then we have Justice League 56 and 57, both still metal tie-ins, so not I think much. it's the last of the metal tie-ins, or at least the last of this arc of metal tie-ins, unless there's more to come after, which, who knows. Then we have Sweet Tooth, The Return, Issue 1. Uh, Jeff Lemire's coming back for a six-issue mini, following up his 40-issue run on Sweet Tooth. Uh, this is a black label book. I think it's actually worth knowing that it's not a sequel or anything like that. It's not a follow-up. It's he, He's describing it as a reimagining uh, of the of the Sweet Tooth mythology. Oh, I just meant follow-up in the sense that he's returning to Sweet Tooth. I didn't mean anything about no, the actual... I, I know what you meant, but I think just for people listening. Yeah. Uh, Strange Adventures Director's Cut issue one uh, for people who buy Director's Cuts of Which books. I assume means we might not be getting an issue this month. Um, uh, there's not one in the solicits, no. Yeah, I'll be why. Uh, so instead of just having a complete skip month, they'll throw this out instead. But people like these, so... Yeah, it's yeah, a shame, because they, they had that extra time because of the, the shutdown to get ahead, so I would have hoped that we wouldn't have any skip months because of that, but here we are. Yeah. Here we are. Uh, American Vampire 1976, issue 2 uh, of 9, that is. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the, the returning finale to the American Vampire saga. Uh, by Snyder and Albuquerque. Uh, Watch for the dollar comic American Vampire issue one reprint coming soon. I'm pretty sure it's literally later on in this. Uh, I just I, that's literally the, how the solicit yeah. for for that ends, and I just thought that was as a bit weird. Uh, we have Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn issue two. Uh, I'll be going to be honest; I completely forgot this existed. I forgot that issue one was in the last solicit. <laughs> I got to this yeah. and went, "Wait, what was this?" Was like, oh, yeah, I've uh, kind of just chosen to ignore all of these and just be like, "Well, forget all about them." Uh, so that's kind of kind of weird, uh, but yeah. So that's coming out in November. And then we have Rorschach issue two, of course. Uh, the other Tom King prestige, uh, twelve issue book. Maybe that's why they feel they can take a month off. Is oh, we've got two of these going now, so one can take a month off here or there, because the yeah, other one's yeah. going. Maybe that's their logic. Uh, and then we got Wonder Woman seven six six and seven six seven. Uh, what a cover that is for seven six six. They're showing. Uh, very pretty. Yeah, we got as a Middleton cover. Uh, sorry, yeah. no, sorry, it's a Marquez cover, sorry. Uh, the Variants by Middleton. Variants by Edmonton, yeah. Yeah. It's gorgeous, though, that one. It is. Uh, so you got, uh, obviously, Tamaki still on both issues. Uh, Steve Pugh's on the art of the first one, and then the second one is Rafa Sandoval and Jordi Tarragona. So, uh, yeah, well, obviously, we, we could have Yannin on every issue, so it'll be interesting to see how the second arc deals with, yeah. deals with this. So, curious. We got a couple of those uh, young adult graphic novels next. Yeah, I, I noticed that the uh, the House of L one is written by Claudia Gray, who has written one of my favorite Star Wars books uh, in recent years. Um, so, I, I'm actually very excited for this one. So, it'll probably be trash is what you're saying. Hey, she did a phenomenal retelling of Romeo and Juliet in, in, in the Star Wars universe, and it's fantastic. It's called for, Lost Stars. Everyone should go check it out. 
forget probably it's definitely going to be trash uh shakespeare mixed with star wars is like my hellish nightmare come to life it really is isn't it for you? <laughs> uh house of l book one the shadow threat is the name of that one then we also have we found a monster which yeah what is this <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Kirk Scruggs, who's done this, I think he did that Swamp Thing, like the the the, the Spiral Diary one, where it was kind of like a, a kids' book sort of thing. Uh, okay, I, re- I remember that one being. A thing. Is this completely original characters? Because I because I, I looked at the cover and went, "Wait, I don't recognize anything on this cover." Um, I think it is. Yeah, this is all original characters. Yeah, yeah, Frankenstein, a werewolf. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. those in particular are original. But you know what I mean? Like, there's no DC characters in here, right? There's, a, there's an umbrella with a face on it. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so, there you go. There we have Action Comics 1027 and John Romita Jr.'s uh, Reign of Terror. will just never end, apparently. He's on it till Ben descends. You know that now, right? Ah. Uh, just, just accept that, and then you will stop being disappointed every single month. Nope, I'm going to be disappointed every single month. And the worst part is that they're giving me a Gary Frank variant, apparently, which... Yeah, I, I can't see it yet, but I'm sure it's phenomenal. I'm, yeah, I'm sure it's great, uh, which is just going to hurt me. But, uh, I mean, Klaus Janssen's also on art, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> he has been the whole time, right? He, he works with Ramita and th- does a lot of stuff with him, I think. I don't know if he's been on every issue, but uh, regardless, it's JRGR. I'm upset about it. Uh... So and there's a lot of super family characters popping up in this issue, apparently, which is cool, but they're all going to be drawn by him, so it almost doesn't <laughs> they're matter. They're all going to be butchered. Uh, Superman 27, uh, you know, more Bendis Superman, not much to say. Aquaman 65, of course, is somewhat notable. It does not say final issue, so it's worth mentioning this may not actually be cancelled, but it is the end of Kelly Sue DeConnick's run, which we actually kind of had hints for last month as well. So uh, I would expect this probably will get cancelled. I'm surprised it isn't the final issue. I would suspect it's actually an error that it's not, uh, for two reasons. I mean, it says here, you know, a finale that'll amaze you, which mm. implies, so it's definitely the end of the story, which we do anyway. Um, but more on just what Kelly Sue said, because people are obviously asking about this on Twitter. Uh, so I'll just address it here. Her story was not cancelled. Uh, she finished. She'd actually planned to finish a little while ago. And the reason we actually have the two-issue fill-in that we've got at the minute is basically when... The, you know when the shutdown all happened and she was stuck at home with the kids and they're not at school uh-huh. and she couldn't get enough work done and fell behind and DC graciously found someone to you know do a fill in and let her finish the story a few okay. months later than she had planned um but she said her only regret is that there's no one for her to pass the torch on to uh which implies to me that there isn't another team starting uh, right yeah. after um when did she start it was around 50 wasn't it it was just after 50, I think. So, yeah. So, ultimately, then, if you take out those felons, it would have been about a 12-issue run, then. Yeah, give or take, yeah. Uh, which is, it feels like it's been longer than that. It I, feels a lot longer, yeah, because it feels like... In a good way, though. Not, not in a bad way. I think it's because it'll be, like, three or four full arcs, because we had the the, you know, the, the the island, the old gods stuff, and then we had the, the, the Amnesty Bay bit, and then we had the bit with Mecha Manta and kind of at the end of that. And then we've had all the, mm. you know, in Atlantis stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's more. It felt like quite a lot. Maybe it's been longer. But... Yeah, weird, weird. Uh, but regardless, 
Yeah, because it was like 53 or 54, isn't it? I thought it was as well. So, there's, some, there's something off here with the number. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, so, obviously, we've been enjoying the run, though. It's sad to see it end. Uh, Acromine's a sort of character, unfortunately, that I don't think sells as well. Uh, certainly not as the big characters. So, I mean, maybe he will be a casualty. I mean, he went a long time without a book before the New 52. You know, it was Jeff Johns who kind of... Yeah. Gave him the 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 the, the you know the, the the podium to stand on and say hey, uh, he can anchor his own book and you know he has done for uh, almost ten years but I can totally see Akamai not having a solo book after whatever comes next I totally can it's a shame yeah but... and I think it would be a shame given the state of where they're leaving it um you know with mm. the the child and the marriage you know everything kind of at the moment yeah. Uh, Batman Beyond 49, uh, not a final issue, that, that book just keeps going. Of all the things to keep going. All the things. Uh, Batman's Grave issue 12, so that's wrapping up its 12-issue story. Uh, we have Batman four, sorry, Batman Superman 14, uh, which, you know, I, I, I kind of expect this to go relatively young. I don't expect this to last super long. But, it depends, it might yeah. actually sell fairly well just based on the name. It might, yeah. But uh, I've been enjoying that book though, so it's not a complaint by any means. Uh, yeah. You got Batman The Adventure Continues issue 6, more of those animated uh, universe continuations. Uh, same with the Batman, uh, DC Classics, The Batman Adventures issue 6, uh, which I assume, is that a reprint or is that it's just, just a reprint? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Catwoman 27 uh, with the, the new team. I like that cover actually with the, the truck or the it's van. A, it's a very nice uh, Joel Jones cover. Yeah. Uh, you got Detective Comics 1030 and 1031, uh, Tomasi. Uh, oh man, look at the art. Bilkis uh, Evely. You know, I I have been constantly mildly tempted to go back and just sort of catch up with the detective when I've I'm in the mood to read some comics. And then you tell me you 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 got art, but usually I'm like, oh man, that's so nice. But then that's more bad books, and then I'm playing into the we're supporting too many bad books. <laughs> you are, and then and then we're just <laughs> terrible people. Uh, the the dreaming waking hours issue four. We got the Flash seven six five and seven six six. We have Kevin Schnick on art on writing. Sorry. Uh, was that the same writer as the last two issues? I can't remember. <laughs> it was so yeah. forgettable. It is. I will say I might expect another team uh, the following month, though, uh, maybe to be announced at Fandom, because it does say in the final showdown uh, sure. with Dr. Alchemy in the... Hey, what maybe, is the fourth issue of this? Maybe 767 is going to be the start of the two, whoever the new run is. Very possible. I can see it. I can see whoever whoever's taking it. Uh, we got Green Lantern Season 2, Issue 9. Uh, Hawkman issue 29, which is the final issue of Hawkman. Uh, and I am fuming about this given the ending of this last issue. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it more when we get there, but mm-hmm. the last two pages or page tease of this last issue, I'm like, God damn it, I want a whole another 24 issue run from this point right now. Bastards. Honestly, Hogman being the level he is, character-wise, kind of in that similar, but probably lesser so to Aquaman in terms of popularity. Um, Twenty-nine issues ain't a bad run for him these days. Sure, no, when so many so many characters can't even sustain like twelve issue books now. Well, I, I agree, it's not bad, and it's not even necessarily that surprising. But it hurts. This is what this is one of those books that get it has. Yeah, you know, me and Matt have been saying you know this is this has been one of the best books DC have been publishing for the last two and a half years. And it it hurts that it's going. So that's Hawkman twenty nine. We have Hell sorry Hellblazer Rise and Fall issue two, second issue of Tom Taylor's book. Yeah, Hellblazer book that I meant like. Uh, so that's coming out yeah. in November. But unfortunately, if you're a Hellblazer fan, 
Uh, John Constantine Hellblazer issue 12 is the final issue of that series. Uh, so. And um, Cy Spurrier, who's the writer, was a little disappointed. He said, you know, it was always written as uh, kind of six issue arcs, you know, or 12 issues with the uh, chance for extensions at the end of each one. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a ending enough, I think. Um, but uh, he was disappointed not to get the extension as opposed to, you know, Aquaman, for example, where we knew it was coming and what are the other ones that okay. we'll get to? You know, again, it just makes me look at these, the lane and say, yeah, there's a lot of characters who once upon a time could have hundreds of issues in a run, now just don't yeah, sell I mean, enough. To you, you look at that original Hellblazer run, it's 300 issues plus extras. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that, you know, characters like this will just be in minis and maxi series from now on. And maybe that's okay, but uh, you, you, part of you do once the long run. Uh, we got Joker Harley, Colonel Sanity, issue six. Uh, which, no, but I thought the cover to this looks a little bit less like this book has done. Uh, I don't know if that's just because it's a bit more stylized and colourful. <laughs> I can one. still see it when I look at her face. Yeah, uh, but it stuck out to me, but it's been a bit more vivid. Uh, but that's issue 6 of 8. Wasn't this originally 9 issues? It might have been. I could have sworn it was maybe 9 issues. Cause it was yeah. me- I-, I remember always joking it was maybe 9 monthly issues and how that was... This is one of those books that I'd forgotten about, and... While I know I'll probably like it once I read the next issue, mm-hmm. my enthusiasm for it right now is kind of low in that it's been a while since the last issue because we just had that case file yeah. issue that was just kind of nothing. Honestly, if it has been reduced from nine to eight issues, honestly, that's not a huge deal, especially when right now, like they're halfway through creating it. Like, they're, they're, you know, they can rework the rest of it to fit into and one list issue. Especially as it's every other month. Yeah. So. I, I suspect that even if it has been reduced, it just means that maybe the last couple of issues will just be tighter because of it, and uh, we'll see. And maybe they were going too long before. Uh, just League Dark, issue 28 is next, uh, which does not say final issue, but uh, Matt did come running to the chat this week saying, is, is Dark been cancelled too? Because things um, been said on Twitter? Well, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Ram V definitely mentioned it's the end of his story uh, on Twitter. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, he did say, though, that there are plans in the works, because someone asked him, oh, will there be a new team coming up? You know, will, will there be something else after? And he said, oh, well, you know, there's stuff in the works. I don't know if that's just going to be a new issue one. Um, again, this is another one where the ending talks about, you know, the end of the solicit talks about explosive ending, where mm-hmm. I kind of feel like, did they forget the final issue tag on some of these solicits? Like the Justice League Dark's another one where, yeah, like Hawkman, I can see it doing about, you know, 30 issues, give or take, and that being it. So, and I know people like it. This is, this is not me saying that it should get cancelled because I'm not into it. I'm saying that it feels like the sort of thing that has that amount of life in it and then unfortunately just doesn't have the sales to sustain giant long runs. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking, one of the books that we know for sure is cancelled does have the final issue tag. So it would be weird for them to have forgotten it on just a couple no, of... No, most, mo- most of them do. Most of the ones that we know for sure are cancelled do have the tag. It's just yeah. like, Justice League Dark and what was the other one we're talking about? Aquaman. Aquaman. Uh, both just feel that they're ending, even if it doesn't say so. It's kind of interesting. Uh, they get the last God issue ten, which is the the Black Label book. Uh, it's been going for a while. Uh, Legion of Superheroes issue eleven is coming out. Not much to really say there, I don't think. Uh, cover's nice. Do that. Uh, Looney Tunes two five seven. The order of this one's really weird, by the way. The sources. Yeah, they're all over the place. Uh, Mad Magazine issue seventeen. Metal Man issue twelve. Final issue of that series. Actually, a really great cover. Uh, it's the uh, the swan song for Dan Diddy with DC Comics. His uh, his final Metal Man issue. 
And then uh, we now. got Nightwing issue 76. Uh, what, you know, it's full on Nightwing, Dick Grayson now. Um, to, to the point where I'm almost wondering, like, when do I maybe jump in <laughs> to Nightwing? Like, I what... feel at this point I kind of have to wait for a new team. I can see that. I think there's going to be a temptation. You know, once it happens in Batman, so that his own book will also have switched, there's a temptation to do it. But yeah, if it's going to be dealing with threads from like his I time mean, as Rick, then... I think it is based off this character who's on the cover with him. And also the fact that it's yeah. it's still this this the solicit for this issue is KG Beast coming back for him. I'm like, really? We're still dealing with KG Beast. <laughs> I mean, well, I get the impression that KG Beast has not really been around that much since what happened to him. No, probably not. But just the idea of uh, the first thing that that we're doing when Dick's back is KG Beast is a bit weird for me to jump in on that. Oh, to jump in, sure. I don't think it's weird from a story decision point of view, though. I get it. I get why that's the okay. first thing that they deal with. Uh, hey, I got this. This is at 76 issues, which, to be honest, even though we love Dick Grayson, he's the sort of character that wouldn't surprise me if he could only have like a 30 issue run before it, it dies. So the fact that he's gotten to 76 is, uh, especially through this terrible period where everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but do you know what's play. worse? What? The next book getting over 50 issues and still <laughs> going with a new writer. The question is, is David going to make you read Red Hood Outlaw, issue 51, now that it's not Liddell? Uh, now that it's Sean Martin uh, Burra. Martin Burra? Yeah, Martin Burra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I second-guess myself, do I say it like I it's would because, say... It's because there's no extra O between the B and the R. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just Martin Burra. Martin Burra. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I went, I went into Scottish mode there. I, was like, I don't know if it is, though. I don't know if I should go to Scottish mode for this. Yeah, uh, I have no idea who this writer is. Not, not familiar uh, at all. Not, not me. Uh, Tony Akins is, is on the art. Uh, um, Tony Akins is okay. He's not bad. Uh, I'm mostly familiar with him from filling in on Wonder Woman for Cliff Chang. And mm. um, a little unfair, because a lot of people can't stand up to Cliff Chang. <laughs> but, you know, he's not bad. And then a really nice Dan Mora cover. Yeah, so look forward to maybe Connor reading that if David makes them. Uh, hey, hey, maybe you'll want to read it. it you, you never know. This this could be a solid ten out of ten. This could be a standout, amazing issue for all you know. I'm good. <laughs> Just saying, you, you don't know. Oh, also, I was incorrect earlier on. I was saying the Dollar Comics later on the solicits. No, it's it's a different Dollar Comic. There's a Dollar Comic Sandman reprint next. Uh, the one that was teasing for whatever else we're talking about. I'm sure it'll be next month. It was American Vampire. There you go. I'm sure that'll be next month's solicits. Uh, Suicide Squad issue 11, which is the final issue. This is the one that hurts the most. I mean, maybe not. I mean, maybe you care about Hawkman more, but um, this was the one out of when, when, when they announced the list, because I'll just, you know, uh, Teen Titans is final issue, Final Justice, or sorry, Young Justice is, is Final Justice. Uh, Young Justice is also the final issue, which are the next two solicits. That's uh, Teen Titans 47 and Young Justice 20. Out of the list... Hogman, I looked at it and went, well, you know, yeah, about 30 issues, yeah, 29 in that case. It, 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 that sounds about right for what that character can maybe support these days, just based on what other books are getting cancelled and whatnot. Uh, Young Justice, even though it's very readable, has basically done nothing uh, <laughs> in its story since I'm it started. surprised it still has as much an audience as it does. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you told me back when it was announced and I was looking forward to issue one that it was going to be cancelled at 20, I'd have probably been livid. But the truth is, I'm just kind of like, eh. It, yeah, it sure. says a lot. The last couple of issues, I've been listening to, to what you're saying. You've not been that into it. And I, I, I think I remember asking you, whenever it was last issue, the one before, mm -hmm. are you considering 
dropping it. And you kind of went, eh, no, probably not. It's fine. Like, it's very readable. But I'm not, I'm not that upset about it being cancelled because ultimately it wasn't really accomplishing much and kind of felt like a, a hollow attempt. And then Teen Titans, that feels like it's just been running on this weird sideline fumes for ages. The fact yeah. that this, this is up at issue 47, they switched to this new direction, this Robbie Thompson run. They switched to this at like, what? It was like around issue 20 or something like that they did this way back at the start of the 20s. So this has been We had going... another run in the middle of that though. I'm sure there was someone else for a bit. Was there? I don't know. Uh, I, the, think, I think there was around yeah, I'm, the I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the transition from Percy to over this this team, this team of characters, right? Regardless of who the writer is, sure, is really what I mean. Is that they uh, this weird set of new characters mixed with uh, you know Wallace and and whoever? It, it's felt like this weird side thing, and maybe some people have been enjoying it, but like it, it went. I, I was expecting final issue on this for the last like two years, I, I, and it just never happened. So this was not a surprise. This was like, yes, if you'd asked me to predict last month which books I thought were going to get cancelled, Teen Titans would have been at the top of the list. It'd have been one of no, the... that's not fair. Just last month, Justice League Odyssey would have been at the top of the list. Well, yeah, but when I was making predictions last month, that had already been cancelled. True. True. So, so that was gone. Uh, so, but yeah, so, so this wasn't... The, the one that was a surprise, the point I'm getting to here, is that of the, the four or five that were sort of confirmed cancelled immediately when the solicits came out, Suicide Squad was the one that didn't make sense to me. It was the one that was surprising, and it was definitely the one that hurt the most, but me being hurt because I love the book is irrelevant to what I'm about to say here. This is just purely based on, it's only on issue 11, a lot of buzz, see people seem to be talking about it, even if it can't sustain... Sales, from what we can tell. Yeah, even if it can't sustain like a long 50-issue run, it does seem weird that it's not at least getting to the 20s. Um... And I was like, oh, maybe this is the one that is a bit weird, like, was this, like, cancelled before its time? Uh, but... Luckily, you know, Taylor and Co. came out and basically cleared up and said that it was kind of always meant, you know, this is the end of the story. It's not like being cut off. And it was always kind of meant to be like a maxi series anyway. It's a bit of a dirty tactic because this is something Marvel do a lot where they claim something's an ongoing and then it turns out, it's, oh, it's only a six issue mini. Yeah, uh, I never got this because I think, especially as over the last couple of years, DC have proven with, you know, Mr. Miracle and, you know, for example, and, you know, Strange Adventures that. 12 issues maxis they can sell better than half the main line do I I think it may have been I think it was always intended to be an 11 12 I mean it's 11 issues now uh, but it was always meant to be this story with this team and I think the reason why it wasn't officially a maxi series is because they were considering that a new creative team would continue it with the numbering and it would just continue to be a Suicide Squad book afterwards but they've decided against doing that but the actual intent of Tom King's story was always going to be Sorry, Tom Taylor's story was always going to be these 11 issues. But, and it makes sense because Tom Taylor did immediately start teasing, hey, thought they'll actually going to see some of these characters. He, and, he specifically talks about the, you know, the revolutionaries as yeah. a group. So, yeah, so uh, yeah. not the Suicide Squad characters. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it that if we're going to have, you know, uh, these characters on this team, uh, the revolutionaries, continuing in some way, once this story with Deadshot and Harley and, like, who's behind the Suicide Squad is done... It does kind of make sense that it wouldn't be in a Suicide Squad book anymore because it, it wouldn't be a Suicide Squad story at, at that point anymore. Because they're, they're, I agree. Yeah. They're, they're their own I thing. So best case scenario sense. here is next week at Fandom they announce the Revolutionaries book, whatever they end up calling. Them. Yeah, the sad part of that is I don't expect that to last long. So I, I would actually hope they just say it's a twelve issue book and it's just going to be twelve issues. Yeah. Taylor's writing that. Whatever it is, just announce yeah. it mini maxi whatever. 
or hey, you know, or even if it ends up being a part of like another big. So in this case, it was like tied to Suicide Squad. What if their next story is tied to whatever? You know, I think um, DC has shown, especially with Tom Taylor, flexibility with ongoing minis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use that term very specifically as ongoing minis, in that it's you know it's the series of minis that kind of build up into one ongoing story. Yeah, D- deceased. It's, it's all been having with deceased. Deceased has different names, but it essentially is an ongoing. <laughs> It is. It, it's it's a way of every six issues or so you get, okay, here's a new number one to get the bump in. It gives you a, a chance to mark it again and go, here's a new jumping on point, if if it even is. But, I mean, it, it's it's a model that, you know, Dark Horse used for, for decades at this point with Hellboy and, to, and Star Wars when Dark Horse had that license. Uh, and I believe and, and the, Alien. Alien and Predator. Yeah, Alien, Predator, all, all their big books which a lot of that, Disney, Disney Horse, have taken them all away now but all of those yeah, books yeah. they had but Dark Horse were using this model for decades and it seemed to work quite well for them I'm surprised it's taken as long as it has to catch on elsewhere frankly mm. so um, that's so I actually didn't think about this in advance but just through talking about it there I, that is my official guess my official guess is is this was always going to be an 11 issue run but it wasn't marketed as a maxi or miniseries because DC intended to have it continue numbering with a new team afterwards, and they've just ch- changed their mind and aren't doing that. That's yeah. my guess. That is my. I actually, um, I was tweeting with um, Hill uh, last week, uh, well, or last month when when Outsiders was cancelled. Uh, Brian Hill, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, I forgot we also have Joe. <laughs> uh, but in in this context, sure, yeah. Uh, for, for Outsiders, and he was saying about how. He didn't know how many issues he was going to do. Originally, he only wanted 12, and they kind of talked him into doing a few extra um, before they've obviously cancelled it. Uh, and, you know, he, he goes, you know, what, you know, people were asking you, well, why not announce it as a 12-issue series? He's like, I don't know. That was DC's decision. And I did, you know, say, you know, is, is there a chance that it was? Because, well, hey, you know, if, if it's a great smash hit, runaway success with all the sales, they can just carry on with a new audience after, and they've got, you know, and you know, a, you know, an inbuilt audience ready buying it, and he's like, "Yeah, could well be the case." Uh, I I get why they want that because easier than marketing a whole new book if you've already got the audience. If you don't have the audience, for something like Revolutionaries here, um, then you know, just the ongo- you know, the the ongoing minis probably works out better, which is where it might go from now on, as opposed yeah. to I- what we started in Suicide Squad. I do genuinely wonder though if it'll be tied to another property, like and just in the way that this was like a Suicide Squad tie. It's, it's possible, but I think it's less necessary. I think they, are, you know, over the course of eleven issues, they've established an audience. Oh, for sure. That will I don't think follow them to the next book. I don't think it's necessary. I'm just thinking it could be like an interesting mechanic where you always tell like their next chapter through the the, the lens of a different corner of the DCU, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's something we can predict or can like. You know, what if, what if they're all in space next time? But it's like, like a, you know, it's a Green Lantern story. But the revolutions are there, and they're with... I mean, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because they, they don't no, really I, care I, about it. No, yeah, it was quite an extreme example. Yeah. I get where you're coming from. I think um, a reason why they wouldn't is you might get the people who just want these characters, you know, the people who love uh, Aerie and Wink are the, the two standouts from what I see uh, on, on social media. Oh, come on, Chaos yeah. Kitten's the best. That, that's not... <laughs> well, I, I did not give my own personal opinion there. I gave what I see. Um, but people want to see them, not uh, they. They don't want a in in your example. They don't want a Green Lantern book, and that happens to feature the Revolutionaries. They want a Revolutionaries book. Sure. 
I mean, I do. I want a revolutionary book. I'll take it at this point. As long as Taylor's yeah. writing it. That's, I mean, I'd say the important thing. That's the, the it's not the only important thing, I it guess. It could be a goddamn but... Lobo book with the revolutionaries. As long as Taylor's writing that, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Or dare I say, Jason Todd. You you know you would. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that is uh, that is my official guess. I didn't realize I'd have such a strong opinion as to why it's worked out this way, uh, rather than it being a mischievous thing where they didn't want you to tell us. Because I think DC haven't really shot, have a, had a history of trying to deceive us with you know is this a mini or an ongoing. I think it was about having the option of of continuing, but of course things have changed since then, or they've just decided not to for you know whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. So, no. Uh, and if this ensures there's going to be more Tom Taylor stuff soon, which I think it does, given that he's teasing more stuff with the characters. Uh, I think he's scheduled to appear in some capacity at fandom. So. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get a, a slew of announcements. Uh, it's one of these things where, like, immediately they announced the other history of DCU and they announced, uh, you know, more fandom panels and stuff. Let me finish. I think if next week. And it won't be next week on the podcast because fandom starts when we record. But so in two weeks in the podcast, if we sit here and we have like ten new books to talk about, all of a sudden all the fear mongering from the last few days is going to look a little silly. Not completely silly because there are still long term effects that could very much be a problem. But all of the instant, oh everything's burning down. It, yeah. All of a sudden just feels stupid. Uh, anyway, what we say. Uh, I'll just say I think the only reason we got uh, other history of the DCU announced you know when we did oh, is, is uh, yeah it's because solicitive was coming out in november if 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 they could have got away with waiting to fandom they'd have just started with all those announcements i'm sure yeah i suspect the uh the december slice is going to be quite interesting although maybe not at the time because most of the interesting stuff we'll already know about from fandom i suspect that's yeah i'm not even sure how much of the fandom announcements will be coming in december they might not be till january february and we're just announcing them at fandom mm. because it's the big event uh very possibly um and of course there's a chance that we'll come out next next week and have like almost no comic book news uh it's you know it's all movie and tv stuff if i was one of the other things that we didn't really mention is that there was people like speculating when all this announcements were happening on monday that oh like it could fandom even happen now and like, of course it can i mean First of all, 90% of it's movie and TV related, and that ain't changing. Like, all those movies and TV shows are still happening, even if the comic books all tank. <laughs> like, th- those things are still happening. I wouldn't worry about that. So, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so, we're almost done with the sauces. Or, no, we are done with sauces. That was the last one. Young Justice was the last one. <laughs> so, oh, was that the last one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not including the, the hardcovers and whatnot, but. Uh, tis what it tis. So. Yeah, there you go. November slices. Obviously, it was an they, eventful month. They do definitely feel trimmed down. What the solicitors as, as, as a whole? Okay. Yeah. Them, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. They definitely do. I don't actually think that's a bad thing per se. Like it just kind of depends what the focus is. I mean, if we get to the point in like say April, May next year, and the solicits are like fifty percent Batman, and then another thirty-five percent Superman and Wonder Woman, and then there's like fifteen percent of other stuff at the end. Like that will feel depressing. Yeah, it will. but we'll 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 have to cross these things as we come to them. Well, then, without further ado, uh, we do have some comic books to actually talk about. <laughs> this, this, apparently, yeah. In fact, it's worth mentioning. Next week is a very quiet week. I know there's a, there's a, a question or two already sent to the email actually, just for whenever we needed it. 
uh we'll definitely be using that next week there'll be a lot of questions uh, requests next week so look for that uh, and we may get a couple of little things from fandom if there's anything right at the start of it <laughs> but for the most part everything's going to be for the following week so uh next week will be question city but yes so dark knights death metal issue three scott snyder writing with greg capullo on the art uh so third issue of our big event series the anti-crisis as as we're dubbing it um i'm pretty solid as, as we're dubbing it like like we killing that well do the universal we i don't mean we as a podcast it sounded a lot like you did no universal we um so yeah it's basically the next part of the plan it's wonder woman and co going to uh apocalypse to rescue superman and the other heroes and we see the crash ship at the start you know the the, the head of the super batman wonder woman rocket <laughs> ship <laughs> yeah with, uh, with silver surfer um Bat- batman essentially uh Patrocitus, which i thought was kind of great and then uh brainiac batman yeah, I was going to say, like, Silver Surfer, you're in the wrong company, but I see what you're saying. You're just using that no, as... no, he is Silver Surfer. Essentially, yes. Yeah, I mean, it... he he is, it's just sil- just Batman. But for legal reasons, they can't say he's, he's Silver Bat Surfer. I, I actually thought it was very notable they didn't name him. Yeah. Uh, whereas the, the other ones, they gave, you know, the, the Collector for the Brainiac one and, you know, Batross Us, the Silver Surfer one, no, we're not even we're not even touching that. You know, we're not no, going no. near it. Legally, there's a lot of issues there. Uh, so you have Wonder Woman, Batman, and Harley. Uh, you know, riding in with Swamp Thing as well. Uh, there's basically just a head right now. He's uh, a he's a shield right now for Wonder Woman. He's a mallet later for Harley. Mm. Uh, and so, Batside is that is that what they called him? <laughs> uh, I think so. Yes, Batside is. You know, torturing Superman. He's got this big device where Superman's on this exercise bike where <laughs> eventually all the kryptonite, like glass that's beaming all this different light at him is going to break down. And once he, once he does break down, all the, the, the anti life equation is going to infect him and he'll become a, a super side. <laughs> makes any sense. Uh, uh, the other characters come in, and we, you know, obviously we have the big fight scenes. Um, and we do the whole Final Crisis reference where uh, Batside pulls out a gun that's kind of like the one that Batman used in Final Crisis. And so this is going to erase him from the thing. And he seems to use his Black Lantern ring to protect himself and Superman here. Uh, he definitely uses it to protect Superman. I think there's more to himself. Yeah, he kind of he- glosses over it. He says something like Bat protection or something like that it's, no i think there, there's actually something very noble i think this is an intentional mystery because he says uh bat blocker i come prepared i'm bat fine. blocker yeah that was it. and that then was... um the panel after he says that superman talk, turns to him and goes bruce and he's like and he goes don't and he goes and someone says fine but she doesn't know the truth about you which implies mm. that there is actually some sort of mystery to how he survived this and it's yeah. not just you know bat blocker as he says yeah, but it stuck out to me just how generic... It wasn't like a proper explanation. It was just kind of, yeah, go I with know. it for now. I agree. And and that's the sort of one where, you know, I'll let things slide in events like this. That one did stick out, and I was, like, on the verge of calling it out. And then the very next panel was, you know, okay, no, there's actually something going on here. It's not Bat Blocker, as he says. Yeah, Lobo is in the fifth dimension, K-1. 
killing imps, imps as far as I can see. Uh, come back to that later. Uh, Robin King shows up in the 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 crypt of heroes, uh, where Wally and the other you know Jay's there, Wellcast there, uh, GSA, and yeah, basically they have to go on the run because the darkest night's coming for them. Uh, there is a really over the top description though. Robin King talks about what he did to uh, Flash uh, on his Earth, or what this yeah. one asked, uh, where. <laughs> so he had like his dead mother's like arms you know flailing out of a flash ring or something it was something really dark yeah he dug up uh barry's dead mom covered uh, her remains in a speed force cancelling toxin that liquefies flash's muscles and then stuffed her rotting corpse into a flash ring so that when it pops out she was just flailing all over the place that's that, it was intense dark yeah uh, basically, the Flashes go on the run. Uh, me, me and the GSA are basically left to die. Uh, so that's a bit of a, you know, bit annoyance. of a dick move. Yeah, because like, oh, you interested GSA, and it was all exciting. And all to be fair, Jay's with them. But and I, other, I think we'll other still than come back from GSA. Well, other than Jay, like the rest are all presumably dead, or maybe I don't know about that because um, you know, the, the Darkest Night chases the Flashes. Yeah, but the Robin King's and... still with them. Well, but they all escape, don't they? They go, they go through... To, oh, I don't know if the rest of them do escape, but... Okay, the rest of them might be able to take on Robin King. I don't know. They may be. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do with this. Um, so, yeah, he's chasing them through what's left of the Speed Force, and they're like... They're, they're barely keeping ahead. They, they, they keep running, but the Speed Force is weakening. Yeah, so I, just I kinda, love the visuals on the bottom panel there. It just kind of ends with... Uh, him still in pursuit. He's like, hey, the second you slow down just a smidge, I'm going to be there. So, sort of cliffhangery. Uh, back in Apocalypse, Superman rips open the, basically the cell where all the other heroes are. So, Nightwing's in there, all the Green Lanterns. Uh, well, not Simon. All the, all the Earth Green Lanterns, except Simon. But the rest of them are there. Uh, Batgirl, notably in her Burnside outfit, which I thought yeah, was Yeah, that stood weird. out to me as well. Um, yeah. I noticed that. A bit odd. Uh, Supergirl's in there. Uh, Booster... That's oh, not Booster, that's Animal Man. I to... oh, Booster's, uh, Booster's behind him as well. You've got Blue Beetle in there as well. Steel, Firestorm, Black Lightning. Yeah. I'm not sure who that is at the very back left behind Green Arrow and Canary. Behind Green Arrow and Canary. Where's Green Arrow just, and Canary? Just uh, very back left. Uh, Mr. Terrific. No, Mr. Terrific's over on the right next to the Green Lanterns. Another Terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fine. Well, I'll just, take it. It's the white, the, the the white, red, and black. I don't know. It's the terrific colors. So, one of them. No, I agree. I thought that as well at first, and then I saw terrific over on the other side. Where's Alenia? Uh, she she's not elsewhere. Could be her. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so basically, what explains the plan? Uh, that some of them are going to have to go and destroy these uh, human antennas that is where Perpetua sucks in all over the crisis energy from the dark multiverses. Uh, these are primed for one-shots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, enjoy all the one-shots you can get. Uh, so basically explains the plan, but essentially they're also here for the the most powerful being that's going to help them. Obviously Wally West is a big part of that, but then we have the return of Starro, the, uh, or sorry, Jaro. Jaro, yes, I should use his proper name, who's doing hard time with the, the black and white stripes on. He's, he's, 
He's hitting rocks with a hammer. He's the proper prison time Jaro. And then Batman comes in and they they reconnect and it's I don't know. Jaro just go like dad from the <laughs> close up on the eye is like I don't know. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It landed. <laughs> uh so basically everyone agrees to what the rules are on the team. Um Jaro's going to cyclically block uh Wonder Woman's team from being detected from going into one of the dark multiverse worlds to essentially have their anti-crisis and uh, the rest are going to deal with taking down the antennas and they all have a nice big high five uh, moment and that's kind of it. Then at the end of the book is Lobo, we finally see who's working with Lobo who's given him orders and that reveals is Lex Luthor uh, because of course it is. Who's there at the end, he's got, he's got some scarring on his face he's looking very Dr. Savannah almost I was getting from this this final page. Oh I could see that, if you, if you took away the you know the, the dialogue and put in yeah. saying it was savannah i'd believe it yeah um so this year I, I thought i thought like i enjoy all the building for the plan it's definitely not as exciting as an issue as the others that's only not the first one mainly because it's it's mostly about just getting everyone in place and sort of saying hey that's what the plan is, this is what we're all going to do um that said i do kind of appreciate that it is kind of simple at least issues two and three have felt very simple and I think one of the things that bogged down the first metal a little bit was just how complex and insane it was trying to be it constantly. I think setting up a relatively simple plan <laughs> here with yep. all the teams is actually quite a good thing for the book overall. It makes for an issue that's not like a knockout at the park. It's just a, a fun, solid one. But uh... no, I get you. I'm I'm a little concerned about next month um, because it's one shots month. Uh, it's not issue four. I'm concerned about how integral those feel though like they feel like they should have been you know issues four and five almost because the next two one shots we have next month are trinity crisis which is um batman superman and wonder woman launching their attack mm-hmm. and also uh the other one is uh speed metal which is it, it mentions you know wally west uh with his powers are a target uh, but he's got the the fastest backup alive and i'm like okay so we're very much directly continuing both the major plot threads from this issue in you, the one shot. You, you say that worries you. That makes me say, great. It means next month doesn't feel redundant. No, <laughs> it, it makes the it makes those issues feel more important, and that's good. But I hate that they are in other issues. They should be the main story, and, and I feel like that's a, a real problem. I mean, we'll see to what extent. Uh, like, is it the sort of thing when they do the collections later that those two are in the main collection with the the main issues, and the rest are all just in like a sort of compendium? like side cut you know hardcover or did it get put with the side stuff implying that they can be skipped potentially i don't know like the way where we are in the story and reading what those issues actually are the only reason it seems to me that they're not the next issues is whoever's you know writing and drawing them but it feels like they should be the next issues um at least from where they've left off we can't we'll even know that for sure when we read the issues next month we'll know that's for sure when we read issue four uh, the yeah. month after, so, um, I I don't know, I I don't care basically. <laughs> it's, it's ultimately I'll give a shit. I'll just walk from me. Uh, if anything, I'm happy about this because it means that these one shots next month don't just feel like the fill-ins for a month. Yeah, but it really hurts when I could have done with say, you know, you know, okay, one shots. These are six, eight dollars, whatever they are. Like, oh, I could skip some of these. They feel you know, save some money, and I'm like, okay, no, these are. It's actually I've got 
instead of having one issue of metal next month, I've got two. Is is kind of the way it feels. You could skip the uh, the Robin King one. That's the Rayleigh Osmo one in a couple of months. Oh, oh, I was gonna skip that anyway. I don't know when that is, but I, I wasn't gonna read that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 okay in the sense that I mean, oh, I'm, I can actually be excited about them. They're they're important and not just here's some fluffy one shots to try and sell to more people. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um. Yeah. Uh, shall we go see what Matt thought of this uh, this year book? We this should. Uh... I mean, just before we do, uh, I really liked the uh, the parademons, the the Robin ones. Uh, what did they call it? Para Robins. Um, them yes. just doing you know holy. I think you know boom, holy kill, whatever it was, Batman. Uh, yeah, they're, they're doing the sixties. Yeah, they're doing the sixties style of Robin dialogue, but sort of demented. Uh, yeah, it's a nice and, touch. You know, and, Harley Quinn being like, hey, Bat, even when you're evil, you got that branding on point. Yeah. I have fun with it. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's a middle issue, but it wasn't like a bad Snyder middle issue with tons of exposition. It was actually kind of a nice, easy to follow, building up the story beats. I'm looking forward to kind of the... I, I, I appreciate that this book so far is that the issue one kind of ultimately revealed what they had to do in terms of a plan. We have to do an anti-crisis. And then issue two explained it a bit more and sort of put the first parts in motion to like gathering the team. I like how simple it's been ultimately because I think the first metal suffered from being too wacky and all over the place and well even though I enjoyed yep. a lot of it. So uh, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see what Matt said about the, the book here. Uh Matt did send any thoughts for each of the books, uh since he's missing this week. Uh Death Metal, pretty good advancement for the story. Robin King is kind of lame. I don't know, his story about what he did to Flash's mum might have been my favourite thing in the whole I, book. I thought, I liked how pompous he was. Yeah, I don't know. I, I liked how ridiculously dark he was, so I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, I don't like how it feels that like the GSA was used for a cheap pop. Well, I kind of said that. Uh, love the Superman on Apocalypse scenes. I don't know who's more insufferable, The Darkest Night or Batseed. I also feel like Capullo has been a bit more loose with the art and his style. Sometimes it reminds me of Mankey Gleason and the Grizzlier parts, and Matt gave it an 8 out of 10, uh, which I guess will lead to Connor's rating. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. I think I had a bit more fun with it, maybe. That's fair. Um, I I will probably agree with Matt's score and give it the 8 out of 10. I think it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, actually, I appreciate the simplicity of it. Um, maybe some of the, like, you, you know, maybe the, the Lobo Luther stuff felt like it was kind of tacked into this issue. Uh, and maybe there's no place else to put it. Maybe you have to have that reveal now for what's coming next. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's just because, oh, we need to have a big reveal. So we'll put the little reveal at the end of this one. But it, otherwise, it's just kind of tacked on. Uh, so, but yeah. So, yeah, time for me. Wonder Woman, issue 760. We have Mariko Tamaki writing with Mikel Yannan on the art. Uh, second issue in this run. And we have the, you know, the confrontation with Max Lord. Who's basically just kind of smug and just kind of shrugs it off and says, "Hey, I've been here. I've been, I've been under surveillance." Like, uh, so what, what you're saying is he's Max Lord. Yeah, but he's like, oh, I've really done anything. And Wonder Woman is kind of freaked out by this. Uh, she talks to Etta about it, and Etta's like, "Yeah, there's a lot of weird stories coming out, and it's hard to tell which ones are just people like claiming to be confused or under mind control because they want to get out of their their, their charges." But yeah, there are some that are kind of raising some alarm bells, and they're kind of similar to what you experienced. And we have some more advancement with the neighbor, uh, kind of bonding and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'm a little disappointed by this, given what we learned from uh, from Tamaki. 
about this character. Uh, just because you know, I was so so pleased with this stuff last issue, and it was probably my my biggest compliment was, oh, yeah, you know, civilian human supporting cast. I love this stuff, and then it turns out she's actually just a future villain. Yeah, That's really disappointing. Um, I'm not as down on it as you are. You make it sound like the whole thing's ruined for you. It, it took away a lot of what I felt was special about that first issue for me in in terms of the feeling of oh we're just setting up someone to be evil like it, it's that again I, I thought we were getting supporting cast and it's it's very disappointing for me uh well one we may still get that in time and two i mean i trust tamaki basically is ultimately what it, what it comes down to and everything with the dialogue and the voices still works for me yeah, uh, yeah it doesn't mean it's it's bad it's just you know, uh, not, not also, quite exciting. I feel like you should have given a spoiler warning for that, to be honest. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you should have just said I, that. But Fair enough. It was on you know, Twitter and it's in solicits. It's all out there. I didn't think it was too big a deal. <sighs> uh, yeah. People like to avoid stuff like that, though, sometimes. Uh, it, it's... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, so they have them kind of bonding a little bit. Um... And Wonder Woman has a, a big scene where there's again another example of someone doing something out of character, being mind controlled. Uh, there's a, a a bulldozer uh, operator who ends up swinging the bulldozer into another building, and Wonder Woman has to like sort of. You know, it's a great panel as well, actually, her blocking the uh, the you know the actual bulldozer from hitting the building, uh, and you know ends with her taking a photo with a kid. And then it gets weird. She wakes up and immediately I sort of notice, but why is she wearing a costume? But that's okay. In in bed, and and I yeah. think. It's particularly notable because the last two issues have really shown us how much she goes out of her way to wear civvies. Yeah, right? normal. Yeah, she's, she's, she appears to be normal. So immediately it feels weird and wrong, which, you know, and I think very quickly it's very obvious this is some kind of dream sequence or something akin to a dream sequence. And of course we have her being attacked. There's a lot of gorgeous red art of her like being chased by something. It's essentially, it turns out to be parademons. And we get this great two-page spread of her like swearing up the parademons and that's two-page layout, all these vertical panels of her swiping and slashing. Yeah. I, think, I actually prefer the, the two-page one before that, where it's her falling on the left and then the big, you know, all the, all the parademons. It's a gorgeous page. Yeah, that's square enough. Yeah, I mentioned that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, one final page of her saying, you die, as she's holding up the shield. It's like, hey, it's a full-page spread, all these big action things. And then you hear someone say, Dinah, Dinah, can you hear me? Wake up, it's there, right? And and the Diana. final, sorry, Diana. What did I say? Dinah. Sorry. Yes, Diana. Uh, and the final page, she wakes up and realizes that what's happened to her is what's happened to everyone else. She has been believing because one of the things that's been consistent with these like main control situations, you know, the driver from last issue, is that she believed she was just driving to take her kid for ice cream and not into oncoming traffic. So here, what we've seen is we've seen what Wonder Woman thought she was doing. She thought she was fighting an army of parademons. But in actual fact, we see a bunch of short soldiers that have been slashed by her all lying on the ground. And, you know, it says, what have I done? That's the title of this issue, which they, obviously they're saved yeah. to the end because it's big it's reveal. A, it's a great moment. And I just, I love, the, you know, the, the idea of how well it set up the believing other things so that we kind of knew what was going on. Uh, we didn't know what it was going to cut to, but we kind of knew something was happening because... Obviously, we had the ice cream one. They they mentioned the other story where someone stabbed a guy because he thought they were holding a guinea pig hostage. Yeah, and she's I, like, "Well, that's no reason to stab someone." <laughs> I think what works about this is that 
there's this kind of feeling of dread as she's like slashing all these power demons you kind of you, you know not to trust it and because of what the story's been you have this kind of feeling of like oh god and that i mean it's almost like it almost could have been way darker like part, part of me was wondering like what if the final page is like she, she wakes up and she's in the middle of a playground and there's just kids everywhere <laughs> like or yeah, something like, no i'm with you like honestly yeah. th- there was a point in that sequence where with the power demons where i'm like oh god i hope this is a dream sequence yeah uh, and I think that dread, I think, you know, because the first half of the issue is fine. It's, it's, it's the fallout of what happened in issue one. It's, it's building the neighbor stuff a little bit. It's you know, having Etta come in, who we didn't really see in the first issue, gives it some of that greater context of the world and Wonder Woman's supporting cast kind of filtering back in. Uh, but it's the back half of the issue. It, it's this this nightmare and then realizing what she's done. That is the point of this issue. And what it's, it's what its memorable selling point is going to be. Yeah, you know, but I think of this chapter, it's going to be this this ending, and what she's done, uh, and I think it accomplishes that very well, and it, it it just reassures me again that Tamaki's the right person to be continuing with this run, and obviously the art's fantastic. We talked about all the parody been fighting, uh, all the layouts and full page spreads, two page spreads, all that, all that stuff looks great. Uh, actually, an absolutely I, gorgeous book, and I really enjoyed the the builders and stuff as well. Actually, since we're we're on it, um, yeah. so. No, I, uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I, I think it's, it feels like it has such a direction. It feels like it knows exactly, like, you know, Tamaki's got a, a place in mind where she wants to go with this. Uh, and this idea of one woman not being able to trust herself and how we're going to play with that and her dealing with the guilt of this is already rich for so much drama. It doesn't feel like just, ah, the same old thing again. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. I'm I'm fairly confident on that. And if it is Max Lord, and it may not be, like we don't know this for sure. It it could be him. It may not be. If it is Max Lord, it makes you know. And if it, well, I mean, if it's him, it re-solidifies him as one of the most evil conniving bastards that there is in the DC universe. And if it isn't him, it sets up whoever new character or whoever as being evil and conniving. So it has a great effect on whoever it's setting up either way. Yeah. So, yeah, good, 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 good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's a great issue. So, Matt, what did he say about this then? So, Matt said, uh, Yeah, and still doing great work. Well, not as dynamic as the last issue. The action scenes are pretty fun, especially that Parademon fight sequence. I have no idea what's going on with Max Lord, but I hope they don't make him sympathetic. I like Tamaki's voice for Diana. The panel with her uh, taking the selfie was cool. I'm glad we're not, m- I'm glad we're moved out of the Steve relationship stuff. Uh, that can be fun, but sometimes it steals the focus from the better Wonder Woman elements. And Matt gave it a 7.5, which I think is a little bit on the lower side, I would have said, uh, for this. Well, that's understandable, because I'm, I'm going to take the uh, the same approach I did on the last issue then and take a, a half point above Matt and give it a straight 8. I think that's that's more fair. I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to say 8.5. Uh, I... I I think the ending of this one's a knockout. It, it kind of like it. It has one purpose, it has one goal, and it achieves that goal. Uh, yeah, that, that that last page is, fan- oh well, the last page, that last kind of sequence. Yeah. Uh, and you know, culminating in the last page is fantastic. Yeah. Um, really good stuff. I'm really you know two issues in, and I'm really into this run. I was expecting to be admittedly, and because it's one of the big three characters, I at least have a bit of hope it'll stick around for a while. So, uh, yeah, you might get a year out of this one at least. Hopefully, but more. double shipping—that's twenty-four issues. Hey, hopefully more. If, if they want to give Tamaki a nice long run, because I feel like every run that I've hoped's been long recently has ended up not being remotely long. So it's true. 
I, I would very much like at least one of these things to pan out as a nice big long juicy 50 issue run or something you know yeah yeah if it's not, if it's not big enough to fill an omnibus then don't What's waste my point? time yeah don't waste my time <laughs> so that is Wonder Woman that'll take us on to The Flash oh sorry I actually skipped a book I apologize <laughs> I skipped a book Superman 24, which was supposed to be before Wonder Woman. My eyes just skipped over it. Uh, so, Brian Michael by this writing, of course, with Kevin McGuire and John Timms on the art. Uh, so, this is... This was kind of a middling issue for me. Uh, I just want to interject here. Yes. Matt messaged me and said to insist that you gave the uh, the two-page spread with uh, with fate the, uh, the appropriate amount of time. So, make sure you do. Okay, yes. I mean, the fact that I don't even remember what page he's talking about is... Uh, I'm sure it was what it was. Is, uh, is a good side. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll know when I get to it. Uh, so... Yeah. Yeah, so I liked Ash last issue quite a bit. Uh, but there was, was a concern, at least for me, that you know I'm not as into the magic side of stuff. And interestingly, that's not really the problem with this issue. It does go a little bit like just bullshit magic exposition at certain points. But... It's more just the, the the entire thing's just this one kind of like stationary fight with the Xanadoth character that they introduced last issue. Uh, I I because I like the build up last issue of the woman who was connected to it, and then this issue continues that where Bones at the DEO gives her a job, uh, to to trace down magic stuff, and you know we find out that she's kind of in there. She's she's like merged with this being, and she she starts to sort of like also talk as well as the, the Xanadoth talking as well. So there's sort of like a dual dialogue at one point. Uh, there's a lot of two-page spreads. There's a lot of, uh, like, basically just bullshit magic mumbo-jumbo talking about, you know, where Xanadoth comes from and how they can fight it and the weaknesses that Superman has and what they're going to do. Uh, there's a two-page spread, uh, I assume the one that Matt's talking about, that kind of explains how Xanadoth came back and the connection to the, the agent uh where it sort of goes through all these these different things but that said there's a couple of them this book has a few i I didn't read it because there was too much on it uh it was uh you know two men in the fate helmet on the left with a lot of oh no not that no not that that's later in the book basically fate says superman has the strength so if they use his magic with his strength they can fight um i'll be honest like this issue is one of my least favorite types of comic book issues in the sense that it's just a lot of mumbo jumbo that I, I struggle to remember any of by the time, you know, as soon as I finished reading that, I've forgotten most of what they said. And I don't really have good explanations as to what really happened in this book. <laughs> Beyond... So this is a, a thrilling uh, little piece you've got for us then today. So, I mean, yeah, Superman puts the helmet on at one point and has a little bit extra added to his costume, so he's super fate. I I, I kind of I, I didn't care for it. I I, I thought I, I rolled my eyes a little bit. And I'm shocked. And so I thought this is a bit gimmicky and whatever. And there's many a combinations of characters that you can do that are equally gimmicky that I might like and say is cool or funny or. But something. you just hate magic. I do hate magic. I just. I, I don't think it's built up enough in this. It's just kind of like them talking back and forth while they're talking to Xanadoth and trying to figure out how to fight him. Because Xanadoth's whole thing is that he's the original, or he originally was a a Lord of Chaos, 
and it was or she was so bad that the lords of chaos and order for the one and only time teamed up to banish this this uh, xanadoth and xanadoth is slowly coming back using all these different magic items that are being collected uh to ultimately reappear into the world but they actually win by the end this is the thing it's it's, it's, it's ended up only being a two issue little arc now it is worth mentioning the agent who kind of comes back to being normal at the end there is a cliffhanger there has a little tease uh of her in the hospital bed with the glowing eyes implying that maybe Xanadoth's still in there. So it might actually be a thing that continues. Honestly though, like so much of this is focused on the magic stuff that it feels more like a justly dark issue that guest stars Superman than a Superman issue that happens to feature fate and other justly dark stuff. So while I actually quite enjoyed last issue for the most part, this issue felt like it was just mostly in one place. And not even a place, you know, it's like, it just, I mean, it starts off in the Tower of Fate, but after that, it's just a lot of colours in the background. I mean, not, nothing has any meaning. There's no, like, I'm actually liking this even less the more I talk about it. <laughs> I, I came out and that's just been kind of middling on it, and then I'm like, ah, I really don't like this issue. <laughs> well, did Matt like it? Uh, let's find out, I suppose, shall we? Matt thought, pretty solid issue. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing the Lord of, uh, I feel like some autocorrect has happened here. Because he said, seeing Lord of China show up after dealing with the Lords of Order. I assume that's meant to be Chaos and there was a typo. I'm, I'm willing to take a reasonable guess that yes, Chaos was, was what it was supposed to say. It is Matt and his damn fat thumbs. Yes. It can't type. Uh, after dealing with the Lords of Ka uh, Order and Justly Dark feels off. Yeah, so something something about this doesn't line up with just the dark in the book. Uh, we had a, a whole thing with the, yeah. the Lords of Chaos uh, and Order a, sure. a couple of arcs ago. Uh, but I like that Superman can go to Fate anytime he uh, wants to let out without bothering him. Yeah, Fate, because if you remember last issue was like Superman's therapy, which is what I liked about it. It was more human. It was more about what he's going through. This whole fight with this entity was just kind of whatever. Anyway. Uh, back to <laughs> I forgot to even mention that because at the end Fate's like hey you can come back and talk anytime you want to you've got someone you can speak to and Superman's like I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> it's a bit presumptuous so it's a nice message that even the world's greatest hero needs self care from time to time yeah I like that last issue too it's uh, uh, kind of what Heroes in Crisis was supposed to be about right well, I, mean, I liked it in the last issue. I just this issue didn't really focus on it. This issue was just a lot of conflict bullshit for the sake of a comic book, really. I'll tell you word for it. Didn't feel earned. Maguire's art is fine, but it wasn't as crisp, and it could have been the inks and coloring uh, in the other realm too. Yeah, I actually did feel the shift a little bit when it switched to Maguire in this, and I like Maguire's art, but it just it felt like it was too different from the Tim's uh, stuff. Uh, mm. The Tim stuff is such a weird split, and it felt like I was missing something towards the end. But overall, uh, message was something I can get behind. Oh, and Super Fate was a nice surprise, albeit brief. Um, so Matt is more positive than me, uh, and I'm glad he sends, sends me these things, because obviously the things that I forget to mention, he kind of prompts out of me. But it's... See, he gave it a 7.5. So even he's not, like, super hot on it. He's Yeah, on a Matt scale, that's fairly low. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I'll be... I'll give it a 6. Like, I... It's not, like, it's not a terrible comic book. It's just... It's bizarre to me that you can give something a six where you said you kind of, dis you actively dislike it. 
by the end of that, you you talked yourself into disliking it. I'd still give it a six. Well, the art's still mostly pretty good, and there's a, there's a nice sentiment to it. Uh, okay, fine, five point five. I'll, I'll go closer to that middle middle number, and the reason why is because so much of this issue just feels like we we need to have some sort of fight with lots of art for it to be a comic book, and that's fine when you have that be a scene in a comic book, but that's like ninety percent of this comic is them, you know, debating with Xanadoth and Xanadoth being like, ah, I'm going to take over the world, blah, blah, blah. Uh, or the multiverse or everything who cares he's trying to take the, the helmet and superman's like grabbing the helmet and saying no you can't take this <laughs> like mm. that's, that sums up a lot of the issue uh wasn't for me i'm sure some people might be more into it they, they love the intricacies and every every little bit of exposition about the magic and about the rules here uh for me it's just i just felt like gobbledygook on gobbledygook and yeah so, I mean, obviously, it's just a little two-issue thing, even though the, the, the Xanadoth character might pop back up because it's a tease at the end, uh, unless it's teasing it for something else, but it's just a two-issue thing, and I actually like the first half of it a lot, uh, which is a shame why I didn't like this one as much, but there you go. Uh, 5.5 then, uh, to appease Connor's critique of my number. So, that'll take me on to the Flash issue, what are we on, 7 some. Some. I have too many tabs because I have to. I keep going to match the email uh, from my usual list. So yeah, the Flash seven five nine. Joshua Williamson writing with Rafa Sandoval on the art. Uh, this is the start of uh, the finish line, uh, the final arc uh, from Joshua Williamson. And Matt teased uh, before I had read anything. He teased that he liked this issue a lot. Which, even though we've been more positive on it recently, it's not been at the level where Matt's like, "Hey, this is a really good issue." Like before, before I read it, it's not had that sort of level of hype to mm. it. So I was very intrigued going into this to see what it was going to be like. And yeah, it's definitely one of the best issues of Flash that have happened in a long time. And part of that is because it's, it finally almost feels like it's, it doesn't, most of the run bizarrely doesn't really matter at this point. It feels like it's more about just the history of Barry and Thawne and the other characters in general. Obviously, you have, you know, you have Wallace and Avery, and they're fine, and they're, they're great being there. But ultimately, what they've actually been through doesn't seem that relevant, at least in this issue. It may be more relevant as the story goes forward, of course. I mean, I have no idea what elements are going to pull from soon. But if you remember, last issue, uh, Thorne went into Barry's body, and he is now possessed Barry, and he's running around. And all the art at the start, I thought, was really good, because it was it was you know, Thawne running around as Barry with a big smile on his face saying, I'm going to be a better Flash. I'm going to be the Flash that Barry can never be. He's got this big cheesy grin on his face. You know, he's, he's, he's getting to finally cosplay as the hero that he always wanted to be. And he runs into the Young Justice and says hi to Bart and Bart runs off with them and he's all happy and he's, he's winking at him and he's being all cheesy. And ultimately when they end up like running into Captain Cold and Golden Glider who have decided to rob a place, rob a bank or whatever, uh, Trickster's there as well, and Thawne basically like injures Trickster by being like too violent, and Bart questions it, and he's like, oh, maybe you're not a proper speedster, maybe you're not good enough for the Flash family, maybe I've made a mistake, and he runs off, and there's this panel of like Bart just like standing there like with darkness around him, and it's like he's like, hello darkness, my old friend. Uh, it really feels like that, and Meanwhile, Barry is in not the Speed Force per se, but wherever he went when when Thon took over, with sort of a zombie-looking Jesse Quick and Max Mercury, 
and basically they try and talk to him though it looks like they're attack attacking them but they try and talk to him to tell him to not be scared to uh, specifically that you've already paid enough for flashpoint you know forgive yourself for it and they turn into more normal looking you know jesse quick and max mercury because ultimately he they were appearing s scary to him because of his because of his guilt uh bit of a stretch i mean uh, this is kind of in there but I'll, I'll roll with it and he's like oh i do remember you too I, I remember max mercury i remember jesse quick and they're talking about it uh and they're saying hey you have to like you know try and get back out and take over um they talk you know they're kind of catching up a little bit uh but you know it's like you have to you know think uh with the speed force that you know think at super speed and try and break out because he actually sees he, he sort of like thinks about it. He, he can see bart running with uh himself essentially with uh with thon and he tries to there's a couple of moments where he kind of tries to like he, and the art's quite good here where it kind of phases between thon and barry where he actually yells out bart run uh meaning get away from thon obviously he doesn't get that meaning from it but basically thon runs off to where iris is hiding with wallace and avery and he shows up and he's been all happy and kind of cheesy and iris is like hey you weren't supposed to come see us for a while like the whole point of this was for you to stay away and does this mean everything's dealt with and He's like, oh, I thought I'd come get my youngsters and, you know, go go and, like, defeat Thawne out as... And I think, you know, part of why Matt probably loves this issue, we've not got to his, what he said yet, but uh, he's basically in the middle of trying to trick the kids into helping, and then we get this wonderful page of Bart kicking him in the face. He, he speeds in and kicks him in the face. It says, you're mean, Barry Allen isn't mean. He's, already, he's, he's figured out that this is not really Barry. Uh, and you know, wax them away. And because of this, we get this wonderful interaction where Wallace and Avery are like, wait, who are you? What's going on? And he's like, well, I'm Kid Flash. Well, not really. I'm in Pulse again now. But, and there's this kind of like conflict back and forth. And the kids are almost ready to fight Bart. And it's, it's Iris who steps in and says, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I remember you. Uh, because Iris, of course, has, has remembered everything, basically, uh, during this run. And he's like, uh, he calls her grandma, and Avery and Wallace are just kind of like, what? <laughs> Avery's like, I really hate time travel. I'm never doing it. This is terrible. I don't want no part of this. Uh, all this stuff is really good. It's kind of the sort of stuff you wanted when you were dreaming of the Flash characters coming back and stuff being reinstated. He's finally kind of given it to us. It's a shame that we have to do this without Wally. In fact, when someone brings up Wally, they have to kind of mention that, you know, Bart doesn't know what's happened to Wally, and and continuity recently then <laughs> it's kind of awkward uh so it's a shame that we have to deal with that uh, but the end of the book and again why i suspect matt loves this is that barry thon is running towards everyone and is basically like well you know what you're all a bunch of losers and you're not worth worthy of being my flash family uh and you know he's, he's getting ready to go in for the kill and as much as obviously Bart, Wallace, and Avery are there, you kind of obviously this is Thon. He's evil. He's dangerous. He, he's going to take them on. And then you just hear off panel. It says, "Son, I mean this with all due respect." And even before you turn to the final page, you know who it is. You know who it is. Jay speeds in, full page spread. Jay stands in the front of everyone else, uh, saying, "Get the hell away from those kids." So, 
it's full on Flash family, all this, well not all, but the major speedsters that were lost in Flashpoint and times around then, all back together, kind of taking on this demented version of Barry, which is actually Thon. Um, is this kind of what you were dreaming of, like in the early days of the run when there was like, there was teases, you know, the J Hill, like that up to issue fifty point where we had the the yeah. bar introduction. Yeah, that's just kind of what you were hoping for. And if it, it just went to this arc, like within an arc, maybe one arc, and then this afterwards, and ended the run, <laughs> those two years of complaining <laughs> would have all just been erased. It'd have been fine. Uh, but it's hard. I, I would have read this. <laughs> it's hard not to pop for this issue though, because. It it does mostly really work, and the art's really good. Uh, the final page, like I love the stuff with Bart and Iris. It was really good. It was kind of like th- their hug was very reminiscent of the Barry and Wally hug in a lot of ways. And then Jay like sort of zooming in here at the end as the because you know as much as we've got three speedsters with Iris right now, they're all kids. So having like old man Jay swoop in here at the end is kind of wonderful. And I I don't know if they're going to address exactly. What the context with him is right now we obviously we suspect the gsa is coming back in some capacity soon so is this jay from after that happening is this jay from another timeline well I, I, we don't know right now it's, it's a weird place to be in uh maybe they'll address some of this maybe they won't at this point i'm not even going to get my hopes up <laughs> i just the, the moment itself works really well uh it's hard not to pop uh, but actually, I did like the early stuff as well. I, I think, like, having this kind of, like, cheesy version of Barry, it's, it's almost kind of like... Obviously, it's not going to be dragged out as long, but if you remember when, like, uh, Doc Hawk became Spider-Man by taking over his body, this is kind of like the, the Flash version of that, where... But it's so ingrained into the character that Thon's always wanted to be Barry. He's always had this kind of like, obsession with him. So it actually plays really well when he's, like, zooming around at the start with this big cheesy grin, being like, ah, yes, I'm the Flash, everyone worship me. Like, it really comes off, uh, and I think it's really well done. So, one of the best issues of Flash that we've had in quite some time. There is still a, like a, still a layer of apprehension because of what the, the book's been for a long time. So it's there is not that trust back yet. So there is a layer of, like, how are you going to screw this up? <laughs> like, how are you going to screw this up in the next couple of issues? There is kind of that worry there, but hopefully that doesn't happen. But So, so it's not... So you can't just give yourself over to it completely because of that, but there's nothing much to fault in this issue on its own. It's kind of the crowd pleaser that we wanted from this book. And, is you know, yes, maybe it's like 25 to 30 issues too late in some ways, but hey, you know what? Better late than never. Uh, and that oddly fits Barry Allen to a T, bizarrely. Uh, so what did Matt actually say, rather than you just assuming what he liked? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was making some assumptions there. So here we go, Flash. I'm glad I came back. This is the Williamson that I'm in for. This is about uh, as Flash as a Flash book can get. The Thawne possession is still weird, as is the timey-wimey stuff with all the villains. I love how Bart figures out that Barry isn't mean, and how Williamson referenced Bart's time as Flash. Yeah, Thawne at one point uh, kind of says, yeah, you know, what's going to happen? Is Wally going to be Flash again? Well, we definitely don't want you to become Flash again, Bart. Like, you know, those, those references to, you know, continuity. Um, I, I think Max Murky also references, like, a time with Wally as well when he's talking to, to Barry. Uh, so, uh, and Matt also notes that Bart's time as Flash is underrated. Read if people want to track down Flash, the fastest man alive. Uh, Collins inside the Speed Force section provided a nice uh, compliment for Sandoval. 
Oh, yeah, I guess the art did change. I didn't even mention that. I only had one artist listed on Comixology. Uh, but now I'm thinking about it. The art did look different when it was, whenever it cut to Barry. Uh, so it separated well. Um, yeah. Iris connecting or reconnecting with Bart hit me in the feels. It's nice to see the Flash family grow. So to see Wallace and Avery with Bart feels right. And then that last panel. Oh, man. So good. Jay Garrett, Colleen, Barry, Don, Son, top 10 moment of 2020, question mark. Uh, I mean, to be fair, pretty short list this year. <laughs> I mean, it is a good moment. Like, those last two pages are perfect. Those last two pages are perfect, as, as perfect can get in a flashbook. Uh, Matt gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, I'm, I'm debating my own score. I don't know if I'm ready to go straight to that. I think I want to go 8.5, and my reasoning being is that one, there's that layer of apprehension, right? Which I can't really necessarily give to this issue as fault, admittedly, but also the middle does kind of sort in a little bit, you know, when, when Thorn Flash is like arguing with the villains that he's plucked out of time, he, he goes back to the base with them. Um, Yeah, that stuff's just kind of whatever. So it does kind of like maybe sag a little in the middle because of that. But the opening is good, and then everything at the end bart realizing that it's not really barry and showing up to save the day jay showing up all oh, that's wonderful so 8.5 for me uh, on the flash so good stuff all right i'm going to rest my voice a little bit i think hogman issue 26 robert vendetti writing with fernando Pissarin on the art it is and the reason that the cancellation of this book hurts so much is because this issue could have been the final issue and if this was the final issue, if you take off the last two pages and tell me this was the final issue of the run, I'd have been happy. Because it felt like, no, this this works as a conclusion to the two-ish year story that Vendetti was telling. It calls back all the way to the start of the run, it does all this stuff, and then you have a tease at the end that sets up the next stage of the book and where it's going, and that leaves me furious that I'm not going to get enough time with that. But most of this book, you have, uh, you know, you got, you got Strange and Atom uh, in their ship still. They're searching for the, for the Hawks. They're like, well, I mean, we put you know, chips in their heads, basically, tracking signal. We, we should know where they are. And then they're like, well, hang on a second. There's something. But it's not just them. It's way too big. And, a, you know, a big portal starts opening. And this is, you know, the, the Lord beyond the void who's got them all captured on the, in his world. is opening up the portal to come through. And he, he wants to take, you know, our world. And by world in this context, I mean universe. Um, but to power it, he, you know, he's powering himself. He is essentially draining the Hawks of their past lives. He like rips out like this energy of of a of a past life from Hawkman. It's like, oh, you know, Gold Hawk, were you? Oh, okay. And like absorbs the energy and kind of. I don't know if he erases the memory of it or just you know take takes the energy. I don't know. It's a little unclear on that, but. Basically, you know, he's taking all their past lives and getting stronger. And uh, their plan is, is basically, they're like, we, we've had so many lives across all the time and space. Let's, you know, give them all at once. He can't, he'll uh, try and overload him, basically. You know, the old, the old tactic that, that works in everything of this thing. And um, basically have this, this gorgeous page, full page spread of them releasing their lives. Because they come out in like a, each time he grabs one, it comes out as like a, a gold sort of yellowy vision of that person, that, that incarnation. 
and you know you have like a whole bunch of both of them come out you know all these ones that we've seen over the run the plague doctor the the cowboy you know, all of these ones that we've had over the run um and all go and charge at the lord beyond the void at once and kind of basically you know overload him and you know he can't take the energy and it kills him but it kills the hawks as well they they're dead they die here and 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 you know just as Adam and strange are getting there and they they come down and they you know they they're literally just crying over their bodies and they're dead and that that's when we cut to them in the afterlife uh this is you know the the fields uh, of uh, wherever we were before, with you know all the stuff at the start of the run, the field of skulls that Qatar had to you know atone for, uh, and you know we got the uh, quote unquote god who Shira worked for, uh, you know, and her punishment was you know she would be tied to to Qatar until you know he was a, a better man and she wouldn't get her wings back, her, her real wings, her angel wings, so to speak, until he had, and. Um, and we have them here, and and it's, uh, it's it's you know the the voice of God talking to them, basically going, do you know what that final sacrifice, you you know, uh, you your your debt's paid. I, I release you into oblivion, uh, you know, into peace. You know, you 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 have no more lives. You can die at last. And um, and the two of them are like, but you know, he, he, you know, God senses that you know the two of them actually kind of just want to be together. They don't want to 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 die. They're not ready for it now. Um, so basically says, you know what, if it's what you want, you can have one more life, one more life together, no more reincarnation, you get one chance together, and then you will face oblivion separately, not this eternity together in this way that I'm offering now. And they go, okay, we'll take it. And they, and they vanish. And that could have been the final page, that could have been the ending of the run. But you have one last page where the, the the last panel is as they vanish. They're, you know they're they're holding each other. They're going in for a kiss, and they vanish. And you know the, the final panel on the second to last page is them rematerializing, and then it pulls back for the final page, and it's them with the JSA in the sixties or whatever it is, forties, sixties, wherever we're setting the JSA right now. Uh, you know For, they're, 40s, they're in the, I think, but yeah, sure. Are we in the forties right now? Okay. It's them there, you know, they're at the round table. You've got a young Jay and Alan. You've got Wesley Dodge. You've got, uh, you know, Wildcat. And it's it's them all sat there. And, and they're going, yeah, what's the plan, Hawks? And, and, you know, and it says next Golden Age. And it's like, that's infuriating that we're only getting three issues of this now. This, th- I want a whole run of this bit now, damn it. This, that's why I'm angry about this cancellation. Because <laughs> if you cancelled it without this last page and just left it here, I'd have gone, that was a fitting end to this. 26 issue run but it just set up the next stage of of what venditti had planned and and oh i'm so, i was so excited seeing this last page and oh we're doing jsa stuff in this book this is the jsa book going forward essentially right now and well, then we're, we're expecting an actual jsa book so i mean the jsa book theoretically and in, in a manner okay. of speaking okay will kind of lead on from ideally yes but yeah. venditti doing it here his Hawkman run has been so fantastic. Bringing it, you know, doing this JSA with the Hawks as the the focal point would have been fantastic. And I'm so annoyed. I'm only going to get a couple of issues of it. Um, yeah, no, this issue is like a like a nine point five. This is up there as you know. Okay, this is how you cap off a run. 
and then this final page tease of what's coming next is so good and ah uh, i'm so annoyed and the art is phenomenal throughout everything is gorgeous uh just hell of an issue well i will tell you what matt thinks of the of the issue here it all leads to this the book feels so much like aaron's thor and it's not just the barbaric type hero but feeling that it's an epic saga that's who hawkman is in his purest form carter and shara sacrifice their histories to eliminate the threat that is the Lord beyond the void. I see you can tell I don't read this because I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, Pissarra nails every version of the Hawks, imagines to have fantastic action scenes without the two heroes chained to the wall. Uh, it's heartbreaking when Atom and Strange come across them. You feel that emotion, but the Hawks restoring the balance and Videti rewriting their mythos is what makes this issue an example of everything that made the series up to this point work. So when we'll call him the one above all, grants the Hawks their wish to return to one life instead of eternity in paradise with one another, and it's not our current timeline, but instead the JSA. That's two instances of the JSA showing back up in his many books. 9.5 out of 10 is what Matt gave this. Yeah, lined up perfectly. So you're giving it? Yeah, I did. No? You, you obviously weren't paying attention, but I already did no, I wasn't. And you can't give me shit. I was looking at Twitter. You tweeted about the snooker, and it was timed 12 minutes ago. So You I think I, I haven't got the snooker on right now? I don't want to hear shit about me it, not it paying attention. It is right there. I am looking at it, not you. That's perfectly fine. I, 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 let's move on with the live and, show. And let's be honest, you were jabbering on about some mumbo-jumbo complaints in Superman while I was tweeting that, so... Sure, yeah. Uh, so that was Hawkman. Batman the Outsiders issue 15, final book of the week. Uh, Brian Hill writing with Dexter Sawyer on the art. Uh, this is one that me and Matt usually talk about, but Matt's not here. Uh, he did send in his thoughts. Um, this will probably be quite a quick uh, discussion with myself. <laughs> it's not really a discussion, I suppose, at that point. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it, this is ending at 17. This was issue 15. And it kind of feels like this is just kind of the setup for the final two, sort of two part finale, if you will. Because it's this is very much a setup issue. Razagul's in Japan. He goes after essentially the secret group, which I, you know, I'll, I'll put it in Mister Robot terms for Connor to understand. Uh, the one percent of the one percent. This evil group of people who meet up every so often and decide the world's ongoing. If you just said like you know that they're Illuminati, I'd, I'd have gone yeah sure. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. But it's more of a business person kind of. It's like you know they're, they're they're you know they're corporation CEOs sure. and stuff like that. Uh, the art's gorgeous, of course. There's a lot of blues and greens and neons in the background uh, as the as the outsiders arrive in Japan. Uh, anyway, and there's some stuff. Batman has to threaten this dude with uh, robot arms. Uh, he has uh, Sophia hold him upside down, you know, off a crane. Uh, but basically, t- to get to the point where he realizes what they're doing. Again, the art's really good. There's, there's this whole thing where, uh, they were talking about it last issue, but Jefferson using his electric magnetic kind of sense to try and locate the explosives, you know, the, the device that Razalgo is going to use. And he's, he's essentially sitting in like a sort of orb of electricity. And it's something that uh, later on in the issue, when he's doing it on a grander scale, uh, is gorgeous because he ends up with this giant, like, imagine the top of the Daily Planet with the globe, but the globe instead is like, like 10 times as big. But it's that of electricity with him floating in the middle. This gorgeous full page. Um, Raz Al Ghul uses the network. Uh, one of the people in the one percenters is uh, like the owner of like a broadcasting system. So he broadcasts the world that he's about to, you know, fix the fix everyone, <laughs> basically. Uh, 
and he's taking out Japan first. And the cliffhanger is just that Batman, you know, appears, uh, you know, where they are, where Raz and his gang are. And because basically everyone else is like, what's going on? Something's coming. Uh, someone disturbs us. And Raz is like the optimist, the detective, the fool. So the final page is this gorgeous full page of Batman standing at the broken window, uh, the cape flowing in the wind um, for the, for the face off. So there's not a whole lot to say in that it's just kind of putting all the pieces in place. Uh, but the art is gorgeous. That full page of Jefferson and his orb of lightning uh, with all the multicolored uh, buildings below, all the purples and, and green and pink neon lights and all that. It's really quite gorgeous. Uh, I, I am fully, you know, looking forward to these last two issues and the, the final showdown. Uh, this has been a solid B-tier book with, like, A-plus tier art, uh, ultimately, is, is how I'd describe it. Really, really solid. And this issue, you know, slots in there. It was a quick read, uh, as a lot of these issues often have been, uh, but very enjoyable. Uh, I think Matt was kind of in a similar vibe. Uh, his sounds a bit more negative, <laughs> in a sense, but he says, being honest, I read this the other night before bed and don't really remember exactly what happened, but I think I enjoyed it. <laughs> Soyon art is always good. I like the image of the uh, meditating Black Lightning. There is something with the Master Group and Raz making a play. I'm sure Hill will nail the landing. Uh, yeah, you give it a 7. Um, which is probably not far off. I'll probably go with a 7.5, just because the art's so good, but it's a fine setup issue. It's a setup issue for the big showdown in the last two, uh, and we'll see kind of what final beats he wants to play with us. So, um, but yeah. And I do wonder, because there's been a couple of issues like this where they felt kind of moving things around, and I wonder if maybe extending it to the 17 issues from the original 12 that were planned is why there's a couple of issues that feel a little bit like this. But It could be. It could also be part of um, Hill's been very upfront that he's not sure he's suited for long-form comics, mm. like ongoing, and he said he, he does want to do more comics work in the future, but he, he'd rather be doing minis and maxis. Yeah. Um, and he he says in a perfect world he'll get to do a, a maxi with uh, with Duke uh, and kind of finish off whatever he was setting up in this story. Yeah, that'd be um, cool if he gets a twelve so issue book or something. Yeah, that moving pieces around could just be him not feeling a hundred percent comfortable with the format. Uh, very well, given that it gets extended by five issues, and I wouldn't say there's been five little like fillers. There's been one or two, so it's not like it's like all, all day extended. It's like he's basically just had to put in those five filler issues before he's ending. Uh, it's not yeah. like that at all. It, it's it's not, and uh, even this is still an enjoyable enough issue. But it definitely doesn't feel as as packed with progression as a, a lot of the other stuff do. Um, it's just one of those nature. Uh, we talk about a lot in TV, uh, the moving the things around the chessboard episode, and some of those episodes are still perfectly enjoyable. Uh, yeah, often in a good show they are, especially if the, you know if you like the characters, you like the banter, you know whatever. Then it's it's fine. They're just not the most exciting episodes, and I do. Translates to comics as well, where as long as the the characters are still good, you know, it it, it can be an enjoyable issue to read. Uh, it usually takes a lot less time than an episode of TV as well uh, yeah. for the commitment. Yeah, seven point five for me. Uh, no, fine, perfectly fine. Uh, good stuff. So that'll take us out of the part of the show though, where we pick our favorite stuff of the week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite art, favorite cover, top five books. Uh, Matt did send in his, so we can go through that too. Uh, so I'll use his to kind of start each one uh, so we'll start off with moment of the week he said it's between Jay Garrick showing up at the end of Flash or the Hawks returning to the GSA uh, what can I say I'm a mark for that shit uh, to quote unquote uh, one Matt I uh, 
yeah, I have to go with Jay. I mean, there's there's, there's a moment in Wonder Woman, that ending in Wonder Woman is also, I think, really fantastic. But it's hard not to pop for Jay, especially the, the protective nature he has with the kids uh, is really good. Uh, what are you picking? Uh, yeah, I mean, those last page moments are up there in, you know, two of my three books here. It's, it's you know, the, the, the JSA Hawks and the, you know, the Wonder Woman. You're going with Jarrow, though, aren't you? That, honestly, that's the only other moment in consideration. <laughs> um, it, it, it's ultimately, for me, it's down to either Jaro or the uh, the Hawks page. Uh, but seeing as Matt gave that, I, I'll go with the... The Jarrow. I'll be. I'll, I won't be the, the 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 stereotypical mark for the JSA. Sure, sure. Uh, and then Matt picking his favorite uh, cover of the week. He went with the regular uh, Wonder Woman cover. The Middleton variant is very good too. But there's something iconic about that Marquez cover. Um, I, I have to confess, I've not looked ahead. So you're going first. Okay. Uh, I've got it narrowed down to two. Uh, one is the Wonder Woman variant, which is the Middleton cover, which is gorgeous. The other one is the regular Hawkman cover, which is the Janning cover. Um, so you know, both great artists, both great covers. I'll I'll probably edge it to Wonder Woman uh, variant, but honestly, those are the only two that really stood out to me this week. Hmm. Um, I'm just sort of glancing. I actually really like the Flash variant, uh, which is a Enhayuk Lee cover. I'm probably butchering that name. He's been doing a few of those though recently. Uh, all red. It's very. Uh, it's, it's the evil version of Flash. All the lightning. It looks really nice. I uh, got that sort of painted-looking quality. Uh, I do like the regular Wonder Woman cover, and I do actually quite like the metal cover, which is the one that's the Wonder Woman on the bike. I have no idea which artist that is, but Wonder Woman on the bike. Yeah, I'll have a look, Steve. I can tell which artist it is. Yeah, it's hard because there's so many variants for metal that it's hard to. Unless it's like a really obvious style that sticks out. Uh, so, but I think I'm probably going to go with Wonder Woman on the bike, but the Flash variant is really good. So, I think that cover might be the... Uh, no, <laughs> never mind. I was going to say I thought it was was one, but I don't think it is. Uh, mm. Carry on. Yeah. I'm not confident enough to... to give it to anyone I, if, if i was i think it's the federici cover but i'm not 100 percent sure yeah i'm not sure either so that is a uh, cover of the week uh, art of the week uh matt has went for pissarin for hawkman what are you going with uh wonder woman i'm thinking about it dexter saw in outsiders was great wonder woman was great uh death metal was pretty good uh, yeah, I'm going with Wonder Woman too. But I yeah. thought about it. I had to think about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just checked. Uh, 99 sure it's the, the Perillo cover. Uh, Perillo. For Wonder there Woman. you go. There you go. That's my pick. All right, so top five books of the week. Matt went with number five, Wonder Woman, number four, Superman, number three, Death Metal, number two, Flash, number one, Hawkman. Uh, says, and I said it in reverse because it's more dramatic, even though we normally do it that way, because it's just easier to think of it from best downwards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, what's your top five of the week? Or top three, I guess, in your case. It is a top three. Um, honestly, though, very happy with all three. Like, quality was up there. Uh, I'd be happy with that every week uh, if it was like this. Because uh, it's Hawkman, uh, Metal, Wonder Woman. I My number one's Wonder Woman. My number two is Metal. Oh, I'm on Matt's list and not mine. Or not the 
they'll just list the books, which is confusing because he's got them all ranked. <laughs> Look at the, the, the vanilla list. Yeah, so Wonder Woman number one, Death Metal at number two. Uh, I think Flash at number three, Outsiders at number four, and then by default Superman's in last place, uh, which is a shame, but I wasn't super into that issue, so that's what it is. Uh, so there you go. That is, uh, that is the picks, uh, which leads me to tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. Uh, and yes, DC Comics still exists next week, don't worry, uh, just in case you were concerned. So coming next week we have Batman ninety seven. We have Wonder Woman Annual issue four, which that's the actual ending to Orlando's run. Yeah, so that's not something that we'll be covering because we 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 obviously weren't reading that run, but uh, not well that it is coming out. And uh, Nightwing seventy three is out. Justice League fifty one, which is the start of the next fill in arc. Uh, Just a two issue fill in from Loveness, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman sixty two is out. Harley Quinn seventy five is that the last issue of Harley Quinn? Uh, it is, and we haven't actually had the new series announced yet. Well, fandom's coming, so we'll see. That's true. Uh, Teen Titans 44, Catwoman 24, Wonder Woman Dead Earth issue 4 is out. It's a shame that I it was like a busy week or whatever. I don't remember why I didn't read issue 3, because I was into the first two issues of that. Uh, but that's wrapping up next week. Uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal Guidebook issue 1 is out next week. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much of this is stories uh, like the listed writers we've got snyder williamson tynan christopher priest chip starsky uh vita ayala uh becky clunan so i'll have to look at the look. yeah i'll have to look at the preview pages on comicsology on tuesday and see if it's like a yeah. proper book book uh and then metal men number nine is also out and just for completion's sake scooby-doo where are you 105 if anyone's interested so yeah uh, we're, we've only got between us three or four books next week yeah, it's a really light week, so we'll be doing questions for sure. Expect uh, Patreon books. <laughs> Expect Patreon books. Uh, so, you know, uh, so quiet before the storm next week. Oh, quiet in between the storms is maybe more of an accurate uh, <laughs> descriptor. But we have, uh, of course, fandom actually starting whilst we record next week. It's just that it happens to fall on when we record. So all of the news that comes out of that, barring maybe some very early things, will all be the following week. So we should have a nice big news week uh, in two weeks' time. but uh, And Matt should be back next week, of course. Uh, it's just, of all the episodes from Tim Miss, it's the episode with all that news and... All those books. Yeah. So, hey-ho. Uh, but there you go. That is episode uh, 214 of Comments from the Multiverse. Uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, for the month of August. So thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Cindy Palisades, David Short, Bordenow, Zammer Jammer, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, and Brett Williams. They are all $20 patrons or more on patreon.com slash TV. You can support us, though, uh, for just $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. At the $5 tier, specifically, you get early access to the show by one day, as well as previously in the multiverse when we post one of those. That one's less consistent as to when it comes out, but uh, whenever there is one, I guess it goes up a day early on Patreon. Uh, of course, uh, you can check out other content we have. Uh, we just finished reviewing Stargirl Season 1. Uh, Doom Patrol Season 2 just finished like a week or two ago. And both very good. Both, yeah, both very good. Surprisingly good, in fact. Uh, so you can get those on the on the YouTube page. I feel like we should just mention as well. This past week, uh, Agents of Shield had its final episode. Mm-hmm. And I know, obviously, it's uh, borderline sacrilegious, given that it's a Marvel property. But it's uh, <laughs> it was a great show, and uh, you know, we we did uh, we finished off our reviews for that. Yeah. Uh, so you can check out that stuff. Of course, uh, please do like and subscribe. Uh, liking is the nice free way of supporting everything we do. 
Uh, it helps us out a lot. More people will find us that way. Uh, same logic if you're listening to the audio podcast. You can go to uh, your iTunes or whatever it is you get your podcast from and rate us, give us the five stars and uh, a review of some kind. Uh, praising uh, me and Matt as much as you want. Uh, so you can go to that. Uh, you can also, of course, get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, relevant this week especially because we will be asking for questions next week. But you can also send them over to mftvquestions at gmail.com. Uh, I'll be putting requests out uh, for questions during the week, but uh, please do uh, send them in for next time. Uh, but that, otherwise, that is us. That is the episode 214. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Thank you.